Welcome everyone to a Tuesday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. It's a long one today, was with Josh on the uh, Fresh Take Network's sports rundown. So here, have a listen to that. What it is, what it do, welcome to the Sports Rundown, Joshua Adam Amarathnot with Mr. Peter Klein, that of the Daily Hive, the voice of the dogs, does it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jack of all trades, master of maybe a couple of them. And I should note too, for the audio viewers, the beautiful flag behind Peter for Pride mm. Month that's coming to the end, but remember, it's never not Pride celebration all the time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just because the month is over and just because a lot of um, this is going to be the hippiest thing I say today. A lot of those corporations um, take all their, their pride oh stuff down. God. doesn't mean that, that there's any, any less pride anywhere. Yeah. I don't know if you watch the boys, but the boys have been making fun of that kind of stuff lately. Mm. Like there was a black lives kind of matter. It's like all my Instagram squares are black. That's how much I care. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, look, I obviously I really want to talk about the NBA stuff, and we just before we come on here, the Kyrie news broke, which kind of ruined our fun. And that right. sounds like Kyrie. Kyrie likes to ruin our fun. I had Durant trades. I wanted to propose <laughs> to you, and I was right ready to go. Uh, but those are all kind of out the box, and they ruined our fun. So let's talk about the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, beating Tampa Bay last night. Uh, no, just a. Uh, you and I are old enough to remember the last kind of avalanche dynasty. So it was really weird to see Sackick hold the cup as an executive. Mm -hmm. That was kind of weird. Uh, one of the best Stanley cup celebrations I can remember on the ice, like a lot of memorable <laughs> yeah. clips, literally denting the cup and uh, just a fun run from this Colorado team and beating the two times Stanley cup champions. Yeah, um, it, it was kind of everything that I think the NHL needed the whole playoffs, you know, like yeah. from from round one on to now you think of everything we got Toronto against Tampa Bay in a game seven second round you're getting a battle of Alberta, you get McKinnon against McDavid for four games in the, the conference finals like you get all of these things that they need and it culminates in this Stanley Cup final and yeah like the, the final was excellent, the games were entertaining, and then that celebration you have Johnson and McKinnon in their, um, their embrace away from the pile. And Nazem Kadri's clip was amazing. Uh, Kale McCarr with his family there brought tears to my eyes. And then Albe Kubel is going to be on blooper reels for the rest of human existence as, as he puts a, a dent in the Stanley Cup. Um, just, it, it was great. And when you think about like, cause I, I can never just be like, oh, that was neat and move on. I have to think about what it means for like the world. Um, this was a perfect first year on ABC, right? Like I feel like on, on NBC, it was, you had the big market teams, right? Like Chicago was good. LA was good. The Rangers were good. Sidney Crosby and Pittsburgh were good. Like you had the, the marquee teams did well. There was very little, wow, look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, like we had a Canadian team pop in there every now and then, but for the most part, it was the, like the, the, the big big name teams that would be put on national TV. Anyway, the Red Wings in the first little bit, yeah, um, New York and all, LA. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the two markets you wanted, 
did really, really well. And so that was great. But now that we are kind of transitioning into a new era of sports where it's more important, I think, to have the stars than the star teams. Um, I, I think having this year where it was McKinnon against McDavid and having McKinnon kind of shine through and seeing the, the talent and seeing the next level, I think that this sport is taking like that. This felt like a really important playoff to be mm-hmm. good. And it felt like it, they, they absolutely nailed it. And now I, I, I feel like I might be being uh, maybe being a little hyperbolic with this, but this does kind of feel like, the fork in the road and we're now going a, a different direction like it's it's almost like when the the devils won the stanley cup what was it 95 with the yep. trap and just kind of bogging everything down and everyone's like oh if we just shut everyone down we only have to score like once and we're gonna win um and that led to teams like the the sabers and stuff like that and that led to a bit of a dead puck era before we got um the, the lockout and then open things up again with the rule changes and i feel like we're at that now but just in a complete opposite direction where you have to be fast you have to be skilled you have to be able to defend but you have to be able to defend speed it can't just be big lumbering dudes anymore it has to be byram and Makar and uh, guys like headman who can skate and also defend it feels like we're entering a new era for the national hockey league you're not wrong, Peter. I mean, specifically because, you know, another side we focus on, like ratings isn't a big thing to a lot of people, but we also follow the world of professional wrestling where ratings still are this trivial thing that really matters. And because I follow the Wrestling Observer and I always hear about these NHL ratings, they have consistently been a top two projected rating show every single week during these playoffs. They're coming close or if some over top in the NBA, NHL had a better playoffs in the NBA. It's not even close. It's mm-hmm. way better. And I think a lot more people were introduced to the game. Like you mentioned, ABC and I would say Turner did a much better job. And I thought, you know, Bill Simmons on his pod a week ago said, Oh, I bet you they were mad. They didn't get the Oilers versus the Rangers. They had the big market versus the big star. It didn't matter. People no. want to see hockey in the States. And yes, they'd love to see Connor McDavid. Just like if you're in the NBA, maybe you want to see LeBron or Durant, but you know, ratings went up, but they had Steph Curry, I guess, in the NBA. But uh, it, it proved that the American audience cares about hockey and cares about how it's presented. I think we're seeing more and more. You can peak interest if you market things right. F1 this week went from having, what was it, a $5 million deal with F with ESPN to almost a $200 million deal now. And I looked yeah. the Netflix deal out with it. But it showed if you market things correctly and if there's enough buzz, you can build up what your product was. And the NHL did that. And like you kind of mentioned so perfectly, Peter, NBC got Chicago, LA, New York, all these big markets in there and the ratings for kind of whatever, because they kind of half-assed what they did with their NHL and making it work. When ESPN mm-hmm. and Turner got hold of it, they made it matter. They made the, they had good panels. They had people like this nasty that mattered, Wayne Gretzky that mattered, Mark Messier that mattered, that mm-hmm. made you care about the games that are, that are going to come. And it, it did a really good job to our neighbors to the north of caring about it. So when we go forward now, I think, you know, there was that that thing, uh, kind of a street talk thing that happened a few years ago and asking who's Connor McDavid and people didn't really even know who what was in the States. I think they've done a better job now of illustrating why Connor McDavid matters and who certain stars are. I think people have a better understanding now of who some of these stars are in growing the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is the next step now is kind of elevating a lot of these guys. But you're right. Like you look at the, the NBA right now, um, like you're all the, the Lakers are always going to be important. 
right? Like the, the, the Knicks are always going to be important. And I mean, if they haven't stopped being by now, they're never not going to be yeah. um, like, you know, the, the big market teams are always going to be important, but you look at who get like a lot of the big ratings right now, before he went to the Lakers, it was LeBron in Cleveland. It's Steph Curry with Golden State. So like the Bay Area. Um, you have Durant Giannis in, in Milwaukee, Durant in Oklahoma. Now we're starting with Jaw in, in Memphis. Like yeah. these are not traditionally huge markets that are getting a lot of the attention. And I know a lot of people north of the border would like uh, for the Raptors to get a, a little bit more of that than they do. But for a number of logistical purposes, that's not necessarily going to be the case. But yeah. if they had a start, like when Kawhi was in Toronto, the Raptors got national games. Would you look at that? Mm-hmm. It, it is about having these stars now it's not just man this is the lakers against the celtics i don't care who is playing i don't care that it is uh kwame brown going out there against i'm trying to think of the celtics version of kwame brown very quickly and it's not coming daniel i'm Tice? sure they've had a bunch of them yeah yeah against daniel yeah exactly it, it, it doesn't matter who it is it's the celtics and the lakers so this game is going to be awesome we're going to watch mm-hmm. it we don't think that way anymore. People are changing teams so often. This is a new era now. It's about the stars. And while I, I do agree, like the, I think the NHL did well, I think there is another level they can get to now yes. with this. And I think sticking, like it's just little things, like sticking with the celebration last night instead of NBC, the trophies presented, it, we see it do a couple of laps. All right, here's your nightly news. ABC stuck with it the whole damn time. They got to see the trophy bounce off of the ice. CBC got does to- it up here in Canada, but the Americans never got that. They never got that. And think of all the great, like Kadri last night was phenomenal. Um, and you get like all these different stories that kind of humanize them. And like, it, it it's, it's like the, the F1 thing where you just, you get a little bit closer seeing Kale McCarr's parents um, crying in the crowd and, and seeing on the other side, see, like I felt legitimately bad for Corey Perry when I saw his wife and child oh, in the man. crowd crying for the third year in a row. Um, like you, you get these stories it's not just about well golly gee they played well on that hockey ice it's about like creating emotional attachment with these players and i thought i thought they did a great job with that and i think that's a that there's another level they can get to now as well yeah i think and i i i man renee renee paquette better be on one of these panels next year she better be on one of these she's talking she did a show with jackie redmond and she did stuff with katie nolan on her pod i'm like are you telling me something renee are you leading up to (laughs) Because I think like she she would be because her embargo with WWE is now officially done. Uh, I think it ended like a month or so ago uh, that mm-hmm. she wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I'm like Renee needs to be on one of these shows because I think she's someone that can add that next level uh, as far as a talking head for those shows. And I think it, you know, Wayne. Not a lot of people get to see Wayne. I don't even know if you got to see what Wayne has done on Turner. Uh, luckily, watching the NHL Network, you get those feed. And I thought Wayne really grew into the stuff as he went on. I thought Messier mm-hmm. really grew on, but having biz and having that connection to spinning chiclets. Uh, I think that really, really mattered, right? Because yeah. there's such a big audience for that and having that crossover and just taking things that I thought the M- NBC feed just was way too serious with their stuff at times yeah, and just not focused on what matters for hockey fans. I think both Turner and ABC and ESPN really got it. I mean, as soon as ESPN got it, they're like everyone thought about that hockey theme right away. Like, yes, we got to nail the hockey theme. Right. And, yeah. Getting Stephen A. Smith to talk. I think we kind of talked about that last year, right? When they had the Stephen A. Smith rants and Austin Matthews, they could do a better job of integrating it into First Take and PTI mm-hmm. and those other shows. And I think that's a work in progress. But for a lot of people, this was their big first introduction into the hockey playoffs. And I think a thing that really mattered for these Stanley Cup finals and why the ratings are up is because in the States, at least, they're always kind of 
contradicting with the NBA finals, right? It yeah. kind of got time to kind of be by itself. And I know the NHL will still start earlier next season. It sounds like October 11th is the return date, but I almost wonder for the American side if they're like, I wish we could maybe separate ourselves away from the NBA a little bit. Now the difference is those they'll be ahead of the NBA next season, but the playoffs mm-hmm. will still be going on and that'll still take the American attention. But I do think the lines were drawn a little closer as people kind of get fed up by some of the NBA players, selfishness, yep. movement, trades, egos. And look, I'm the NBA guy in this show, but I can see the way that's going. I think there was an audience that's like, oh, hockey playoffs, fucking really, really good. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like, it was just, it was more entertaining, right? Like, um, every night in the, the NBA playoffs, once we got down to two games a night, it was just, oh, this blowout, and then this blowout happened, and that was it. Um, and it was like, the series were so close because the teams were exchanging ass kickings, but it, it was never, we got very few dramatic moments. Like, when you think of the moments we got from the NBA playoffs this year, uh, obviously, like at the end, it's Steph and it's pointing at the ringer and stuff like at the ring finger and stuff like that, but it's like, even then, that that game wasn't particularly close. Boston hung around a little bit, but there there wasn't a, a whole lot of drama in many of those games. Aside, it was from the worst Steph playoffs I remember, Peter. It was the worst yeah. NBA playoffs I remember in a lot. And people like shit on the bubble playoffs. The bubble playoffs were fun. They were really bubble really fun. Were amazing. Yeah. Like people want to crap on them. That was maybe the best playoffs we had. I'm not just saying that because my team won the championship, but like that was they were super fun. Like the the Murray yeah. the Jamal Murray stuff that happened in there. There was Denver yep. stuff, Denver coming against the Clippers. I can give you the Raptors OG shot against Boston. There's moments right. I can give you from that. I can't. James Harden on Lou Dort in the um, yeah. in the bubble. Just yeah. everything Jimmy Butler touched yeah. <laughs> in that thing. You had Kyle Lowry in one of the all-time great trash talk on NBA things. Kyle yeah. Lowry telling Aaron Gordon what his hotel number was is still one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But you yeah. look at like the NBA this year, it was Embiid's uh, buzzer beater against Toronto. Um, John Morant had that buzzer beater at the half where Steven Adams sure. threw it the length of the court. But yeah. that's, that's it. We've maxed out at five, you know, like it's, it, it, there wasn't a whole lot, but in the, like we said, in the Stanley cup playoffs this year, it was just moment after moment, game after game, yeah. night after night, it was excellent. And this was, this was a great time for, it. I'm with you. I think a huge part of it is the separation with the NBA finals. Um, I think there is still something you can do to take advantage of that while the finals are going on um, because the NBA does do a lot of two days off. Right. And if you can kind of fill that void, in between, I, I think that would it, it wouldn't be as good as it was this year, but I do still think you can get a bit of that audience at least some of the time. I think if the NHL could change anything, they would have hoped that Calgary and Edmonton would have gone longer. And I think that's mm. that was the turning page for me for a lot of Americans because mm. that series and game one particularly is like, what is going on? What is the Battle yeah. of Alberta? Holy shit, this is fun. And then the Rangers series and stuff with the Rangers, there started to be a lot of Americans really draw it in to the Rangers and the Rangers fan base started to build up. And I know that's having a major market, but you started to see a lot of stuff with the Rangers and this young team and this great goaltender that they had build yep. up the lightning and the Leafs had a really fun team, uh, had a fun series. Right. So there was, and then even, you know, you got to see Connor McDavid, go further, which is the best player in the game. So there was those yep. moments of seeing young players rise, seeing your star go far, seeing, you know, great rivalry. They had all the right mixes and then leading to a great Stanley Cup finals that, you know, maybe could have gone a, long, a little bit longer if John Cooper got his way and that six man of the ice didn't happen. But, hey, what it, it is what it is. 
uh, and, you know, getting to see a team that we've barely even talked about fully in the, in the avalanche with a, a guy like Cal McCarr, who, my God, I've never seen a rise like this for a defenseman since Raymond Bork or Lindstrom. I don't know. Like it's unbelievable. The, the trophy case he already has. Yeah. 23. And in the last week he got the, the Norris Stanley cup and the Conn Smythe. That's, that's pretty good. That's a, that, that, that's an all right week for, mm-hmm. for Kale McCarr. And again, he is 23 years old. And I, I truly think that he is kind of leading this next generation of defensemen with him. Um, Heiskanen guys like, like that. Um, Adam Fox in, in New York is always one I seem to forget about, but um, the, the, this kind of next generation, he is at the front of that. And I think Colorado is at the front of this kind of next wave here going into where I think a lot of teams where we had the Boston model after 2011, where like all of a sudden Zach Cassian's important and like these big physical dudes and Milan Lucic is getting paid a ton of money. Like you, you have the, this physical style of hockey. Now I, I hope anyway, we go into this speed based era that was a little bit brought on by the, the golden Knights and the success they had by just being faster than everyone. But now I think Colorado is really waving that flag on a number of different points. And you're right. Kale McCarr um, very much at the front of it. I remember I got to call one of his games in the, in the AJ uh, when we did the, the, our AJHL showcase, which was our, Hey, it's a Friday night. And we don't have anything else to put on. So let's send Peter to weird places in Alberta. Uh, <laughs> but got to, got to watch Kale McCarr. And I I've done AJ games on and off for about 10 years. And I've seen like a few guys from the NHL, but like it, it was immediate where, Oh, this guy is different. And he, to, to keep that level from the AJ all the way to the national hockey league is insane. And the future is so bright for him and for a few guys on that blue line. It's a cool thing for at least this base of the surrounding area of us of knowing Guys like you or Gino, a colleague we have at the mm-hmm. Dogs, or a classmate of mine, Scott Roblin, who told me about Cal McCarr when he was 16 years old and knew about yeah. him coming up and just knowing he was down the streets, down the street, uh, with Brooks and just the growth there. And even remembering, like, when the Flames had that series against Colorado, I was like, they might play Cal McCarr. Should they play Cal McCarr? And just knowing what that meant against him, you know, with the Flames and everything like that. So, at least in this space, it was really cool to kind of see that come up of, you know, being in Canada and having that natural hockey connection. I've had that with basketball and knowing stuff, but it was cool to see that hockey connection that this guy has touched so many people and been around the game with this kid and watching him grow up. And then, you know, Nathan McKinnon, who not what, three years ago was called somewhat of a bust, at least at what he was supposed to be right. As mm-hmm. a first round pick of like, this guy is supposed to be the next Crosby. And, not living up to that hype and then comes out and has a monster season. But there was a second people like, yeah, maybe he wasn't who we thought he was supposed to be. And now he's a, a Stanley cup champion. Well, I, even like this year, I remember doing the, uh, doing a Twitch on the, the trade deadline when the wild got Marc-Andre Fleury and there was a wild fan who was like, look, Colorado always falls apart in the playoffs. Like we're, we're going to be right there when they, they, when they do that. And they didn't at any point, like they may have fallen apart for a couple of periods, maybe, but this was uh, an unbelievable performance. And, and McKinnon was right there. Like you said, like just leading this whole thing. Think about where this mm-hmm. franchise was five years ago. Patrick yes. Waugh just leaves beginning of the regular season is just like deuces. I'm out of here. And just goes Jared Bednar, who just looked like a guy out of like Hollywood casting for a hockey coach comes in, they get 45 points. They get absolutely shellac all season long, but they stick with the plan 
And that plan has led them to now the top of the mountain and a, a Stanley cup championship. It's it, it, it really does show how quickly things can turn around in sports. You know, they're off season and I don't want to talk as much about the off season. We'll talk about it more next week with the draft coming up and everything next week, but mm-hmm. some tough decisions to make this week. You know, we've, we've seen that from the penguins and other teams. Kadri probably won't be back just because of financial reasons, but the pieces are still there. Yeah, like it's it's going to be difficult. Like you look at what Tampa Bay had to, to do. They basically lost their entire third line, um, mm. in, whether it be in free agency or an expansion draft. And they had to, to kind of do things on the fly. Like you look at that fourth line and you look at some of the guys who contributed, Belmar, Perry, Maroon. I know Maroon has been there for both, but that whole, that, that whole group, None of those guys scream Tampa Bay Lightning, but they had to adjust. Colorado's now going to have to do that. The foundation is obviously there with, with McKinnon, Landis, Cog, Ratton, and then on the blue line, Gerard, who didn't even play, um, McCarr, who we've talked about, Bowen Byram, who had his kind of breakout week, which was awesome. And if you haven't read Peter Baugh's piece on The Athletic about what Bowen Byram had to go through dealing with concussions and considering retiring from the sport of 21, to see him with the, the Stanley Cup last night, got got the boy a little emotional uh, a little bit so they they like you said they have the pieces Kemper I think answered a lot of questions that he needed to by again winning a Stanley Cup that helps so no you're right like they they, they have some difficult decisions to make and Kadri isn't going to be back unless he takes the hometown discount of all hometown discounts but he could quite honestly make twice as much as he is making now and I don't think anyone would be super stunned by that I don't know if I would do it but I think he's going to get really really paid and Colorado just can't so it is unfortunate because you'd love to see them be able to to just roll it back and Kadri was a huge part of that but already they have guys like Lekin in there who can kind of step in Nichushkin who maybe he goes off and gets paid but no one thought he was going to be a big part of this championship team even three months ago and so the, what you, you, you have to do now, you have to find the next one. You have to find your next Darren Helm. You have to find your next Kadri. You have to find your next Nachushkin. That's what Tampa Bay did for a couple of years to, to be able to get back to this point. Now it's on Colorado to do the same. I'm putting a lot of trust in Joe Sackett, though, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and then Tampa, you know, a heck of a run. Uh, you know, see where they go. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they have. I don't think the window is closed for them. I think no. the window is still open. They can still possibly do it. And I hate this Mickey Mouse COVID championship ring. It's like still have to beat the teams. Yeah. It's still a really good hockey team. The one back to back, you know, Victor Hedman's going to be a Hall of Famer and Stammer and Kucherov and Veseleski. These are all Hall of Fame level players. Um, this is the team whose window's not closed. We'll be back. And uh, yeah, they, they, you know, it was a good fight to the end for them. It's in all the cliche things, but the window is they'll they'll be back is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be back. Like you said, like Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, who didn't get to play much in the series, Hedman, um, and then guys like Sorelli behind them. Um, and then you, you have the best goalie in the world. Pardon? Paul was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, this guy who they got for a dude and a fourth round pick from Ottawa scores two of the biggest goals that the team had this year and almost got another one. He had a great chance there mm-hmm. at the end of game six. So yeah, like they, they have, they, again, they have guys, they have Corey Perry there for another year. Um, I, I still, as much as we all got annoyed by the, the bickering at the end, they still have, I think the best coach in the league in John Cooper, they have all of the pieces there. Do you need to add a little bit? Maybe um, the thing that concerns me about Tampa Bay specifically for next year, is this team just looked beat by the end and not like emotionally, I mean, physically. And whether you want to like any asterisk you want to put on 
that championship in the bubble, I think is ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Like the, everyone had to go through the same thing that they, they were, mm-hmm. they, they were better than anyone. In fact, like, I don't want to say that championship is more difficult because you didn't have to travel anywhere, but everyone was rested. Everyone had the same situation. Like you, you take all of the different variables away. Now it is just which team is better when there is not a soul in there cheering for you. That can't be easy. So I, I give Tampa Bay a lot of credit, much like I, I give your Lakers a lot of credit or anyone else who would have won under those circumstances. I give them credit for, for dealing with that. But God, they've played a lot of hockey over the last three years. And um, that on, series, man, I think that Leaf series took a lot out of them. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Florida didn't. And then I think the Rangers took a bit, but you're right. I I think Toronto took a lot out of them. And I, knowing that they lost now, I almost wonder if it would have been better if they would have lost that game seven, because now that is two extra months of hockey that they just wouldn't have on their bodies and they could come back in. I am, I am very worried about this team hitting some form of a wall next year. That doesn't mean they can't get back there because the wall the wall eventually came, but it was in game six of the cup final against this team that we talked about was damn near perfect. So it's not like we didn't think this could happen this year. I, I do worry about that wall hitting them, but no, that they are, they are far from done. I think. I don't want to get into free agency too much, but since we're here, there was a radio interview with Matthew Kachuk, which I'm sure you've kind of seen. Where are you on Johnny and Chucky watch as this is going to be the main thing in Calgary for the next two weeks. God, I, I go back and forth on this so much right now. Like, I don't think there is an outcome in this where I would be severely disappointed from a flame standpoint. If Johnny Gaudreau leaves, I think you can use that extra cap space to great advantage given the free agency class this year. Um, if Johnny Gaudreau stays, he is a one of a kind type of a player and can really be a part of something big. The, the issue I have, and we've talked about it before with both of these dudes, we just saw what it takes to win that Stanley cup. We just saw what it takes from your absolute tippy top star players. We saw Stamco stabbing in front of every shot. Kucherov was phenomenal. McKinnon. We've talked ad nauseum about what, how well he has played throughout this postseason. And you saw in the series against Edmonton, what $10 million players are supposed to look like with, um, with McDavid and with dry who on one leg picked you apart. And I just don't think Johnny Gaudreau has that level to him. I, I, I just, that, I don't. That, that, that comes across as a shot and it, maybe it is, but there's like five guys in the world who can do that. And that's why they're paid better than everyone. I don't think he's Johnny Gaudreau is on that level. He's not a $10 million player to me. I just, no. it's not my money. Do what you want to do with it. But right. to me, he's not a $10 million player because sure. He got to go against Dallas. You and I are on the same page as this Peter and Flames fans. I think are in denial about this because they're more and oh, I love them and and play and teams do this right they get Ted Atch to someone so mm. much and they can't see the forest from the trees if he comes back for 8.5 great that's about where yeah. he is 10.5 which is what he's asking for no chance in hell see you no unless you know that salary cap is going up by a ton yeah. in the next couple of years um which it might you know like when we're might. getting people back it might be yeah, we, we just talked about how the, the sport is growing, right? And yeah. so with that comes growing revenue, which means a growing salary cap. That's that's how it is all tied together. That's how it, it, it's supposed to work. So if you want to take that gamble that in a couple of years, a $10 million contract really isn't a $10 million contract the way we think of it. I remember when the salary cap first came out and everyone was just kind of dipping their toe into the water. It was like that scene from the 30 for 30 on Baseball Fantasy where they were like, Mike Schmidt for a dollar, maybe? I don't know. It was like, <laughs> okay, 
Joe Sackett, 4.5 million. Okay. That worked. That worked. Okay. Let's go 5 million now. And we, we kept building up. I, 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 maybe we get to a point where $10 million is just like, whatever, but I just, what you need to have on the rest of your roster with someone making $10 million like that. And then with Matthew Kachuk, who has played precisely one good playoff game in his career with the flames um, mm-hmm. to give that guy around $10 million as well. And to have about $20 million tied up in a, a couple of guys who the way it is looking right now would be like second and third best players on championship teams. I get concerned about that. Cause I don't know where the, first, um, unless like, again, the cap goes up. Zari is the, the next greatest thing that has ever happened to the national hockey league. And Pelche turns into your version of Mika Rantanen or whatever, uh, unless you have like those kids coming up. I just, I don't see where that value gets returned to a point where this flames team gets to where they want to get to. Yeah, I just don't see. I mean, I'd rather just for example, if if Johnny leaves and then and you know Chuck just like I just want to go to St. Louis, like okay, cool. This is just an example. Fine, we want Rob Thomas and mm-hmm. we want draft picks and we want this and you can have to Chuck. I'd rather just put myself in that spot. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and then I would rather like just kind of spread things out. And I understand, like we just talked about the, the importance of stars, um, but I, I would much rather, again, spread things out, have a couple of $6 million players from what seems to be a pretty good free agency class than the big Johnny Gaudreau splash. Well, look what the Habs are just... doing, right? I like what the Habs yep. did. They got to the point, this is when they made the playoffs, like, okay, these two guys, Gilche- uh, Petcheretti and uh, Gilchek, aren't working. And no one knows that Gilchek has just been not the guy that he was and Pat patch has been fine, but they knew that we needed to move on and they've turned Max Domi into something else. And then they made the Stanley cup. And I think like, you know what you talked about with Tampa, I think just too much stuff was on the bodies and they took a step back. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think now they're going to probably have Shane Wright and they got a coach. They like now Cole really found his way with, with St. Louis. They got some cap money and we'll see what happens with Carey price. That's the next big one. And then they were able to, to dump Shea. So I think they made a decision with two star players that they're like, well, we could pay these guys going forward. They're two really good players, but where should, where, where is that going to take us? And instead they're like, no, we got to move them. We got to go forward, got to the Stanley cup and they took a step back. And now they take a step forward with this nice young core of Suzuki, Shane and Colefield going forward. I think sometimes you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, do we want to be right in the middle or do we want to, have a chance to go up top and if the flames decide right. that and i know there's a new stadium on the hopefully on the way being in the middle right now financially makes sense for them so i do understand that side they probably do want to be in the middle to be a playoff team that x adds extra revenue as they're trying to look to maybe do a stadium and showcase where they are as for revenue growth in the nhl as far as a yeah. hockey gm bye yeah well and you you look at the history of this organization and it's been the middle basically Mm -hmm. since 1989 and like even when they went on the the glorious run that everyone talks about here in 04 they were the sixth seed um it's not like they were this dominant team that came out and steamrolled everyone they were a a scrappy sixth seed and i think that changed the mindset here in calgary where it's okay just get in let's just get how much playoff revenue we can squeeze out of it but just get into the playoffs every year which if you build it the right way is fine because you have a sustainable winner but when you are doing the tony amante Owen oh, no 
Neal and Ole Jokinen moves just so you can squeak in to be the sixth seed, that's a problem. Um, but they, they've been that for a long time and they're comfortable with that. And from a Flames perspective, you're right. Like you, you have um, you, you have a new arena potentially on the horizon. And when when that team was going this year, like the, the series against Dallas and after game one against Edmonton, this city was alive in ways I haven't seen it before. In 10 years mm-hmm. living here, I haven't seen it like that for this team. It's been fun, but it, it hasn't been a full city. Like it is all flames all the time, all encompassing, whatever. I've never seen it that way. And I've been in the flames bubble basically for the last 10 years. And I, I still haven't seen that. And a lot of the jerseys that you see walking around are Gaudreau and Kachuk. And so from a flame standpoint, financially, you can make it back in a heartbeat. Uh, you, you, they're going to release a new Jersey this year, have 10,000 of those with, with Gaudreau and Kachuk on the back and boom, you've made your money back. Like it's that, that that's economically, you can make it make sense. And from a flames perspective, that's kind of been their focus for forever is let's try to make some money off this thing. Let's get as far as we can in the playoffs, but just make sure you get in the playoffs. Let's not worry about pesky little things like building a championship team or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now the NHL will kind of get a week to just relax yeah, kind of stay it, and then they're gonna let the NBA have their drama-filled free agency stuff, and then they'll get their week with their free agency and the draft. And it seems, at least at this point, that Shane Wright is gonna be going number one to the Habs, I believe. And then yeah. we'll kind of see where. They, and like you said, I mean, the difference is, and I think this is another thing we talked about with Turner and ABC. I think ABC, ESPN will handle this more than Turner does, obviously. Now is how ESPN handles the free agency side of things because. As we're about to talk about, this NBA free agency class kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does. Especially does now. Uh, the yeah. last, last couple of days have not been kind to off-season NHL headlines. And as we just discussed, like, you can get through 30 pretty impressive NHL free agents. So there, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. And I, I hope that they kind of treat this with the, the reverence that you need instead of just, oh, okay, well, NBA season's kind of a dud. Mac Jones is in shape. Hey, isn't that fun? Like, I I hope there's a bit of NHL instead of forced NFL headlines because those aren't good for anybody. No, we're, we're the worst part for a football fan where you're a month beforehand, but like, let's let these other sports have their line. As far as the NBA, you know, Kyrie, I, so I I put a tweet. I was like, I need Peter to talk me off a bridge from this Kyrie thing. And I was ready to have this conversation. Don't need to be talked off because Kyrie jumped off the bridge himself. Right. Did you see the statement he released? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, like it, if well, it I, yeah, that's, that, that's all I need to say to get you uh, off of the, the, the Kyrie ledge. And it's like, I, I think it was Bomani Jones who, who tweeted out like Kyrie's averaged 34 games a year, the last three years. And AD has averaged 38. That picture of LeBron Kyrie and AD together probably wasn't going to happen a whole lot. No, um, and, and the rumor Let's just say the rumored Brody trade was going to be Brody for Gordon Hayward and, and Miles Plumley. I'm like, so you're telling me the healthiest person in that starting lineup is Plumley, Right. Yeah, that's fine, right? That's yeah. that, that's a solid core to build around. Um, man, it's bad there. But no, like, I understand the reason you go out and get Kyrie and the reason they wanted Russ in the first place was so we can give LeBron some time off. And so we can give a AD some time off when his body eventually breaks down and we have a, a dependable guy who's out on the floor. And it just, the problem is, I don't know. You can call Russ and you can call Kyrie a whole bunch of things. Dependable is a ways down on the list. I, I don't see, I don't see what any team would want in Kyrie. And that that's being a bit overdramatic because 
he is still a very talented basketball Game player. One, and it's he not, was really good. He was really, really good. He and was unstoppable. Yeah, and then he was gone, which is like, he literally did that during the season, right? And it's, yeah. it, it, it is one thing to, we just talked about how difficult that bubble was because everyone was refreshed. Everyone, excuse me, was ready to go. But when Kyrie's taking two weeks off at a time, it's a little bit easier to be awesome at basketball than when you have to fly into Orlando, play a game fly to, to Miami, play the next day. Okay, we have a day off, but we're flying to Boston. And then we're playing there. And now we're flying back to Brooklyn. We have a couple of days off, but now we have to play back-to-back games against Toronto and Minnesota for some unknown reason. Like, it, it's the, the rakers of the schedule, and I get every, no one sheds any tears for professional athletes, but we're comparing professional athlete to professional athlete, and it's yeah. a whole lot easier to do the Kyrie schedule than it was to do the KD schedule this year. So... I, I don't buy into anything with Kate, uh, with Kyrie. I thought it would have been hilarious if he would have just taken the mid-level exception from the Lakers. Um, that, that would have been, it would have been something like it. If anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Kyrie. Um, and it just so he happens we stumbled upon the most boring, the most boring way that this could have ended. Right. Cause if Man. Kyrie goes, if Kyrie goes, then KD goes, right. That's what I wanted. I was like, I was like, okay, we're going to talk about the Avs. We're going to talk about the Lightning. And then we're going to get into these KD trade scenarios. I'm going to talk about this stupid Kyrie thing with the Lakers and the health and all this shit. Hey, it's Brody season. Brody's going to stay. I think I'm just, that's in my mind now. And I think every Laker fan you that I've talked to, like this Westbrook trade, I'm like, just accept it. I'm wearing the jersey today. Accept yeah, it. Yep. He's going to be a Laker. He is not going to get traded. Wessel Rushbrook is going to be a Laker next year. The sooner you realize that, the easier this offseason is going to be to <laughs> yeah. focus on people for the MLE and having good news like Malik Monk will come back for less money. Maybe going after an auto porter uh, or Javon Carter. This is the reality. It's not nice. You're just hoping that da- Darvin Ham is a really good coach. That's, yeah. that's, that's where you're coming at and hoping that AD can be healthier. But that's the reality. I'm trying to be a realistic yeah. Laker fan. At this point, the real bummer, though, like you said, is the Durant thing. I was ready to come on here with you, Peter, and talk about the three teams that I would I thought had the best chances. And one of them was your Raptors. And talk about what would you give up as a Raptor fan? Would like, yeah. is it everyone but Scotty? Because I thought the Raptors, uh, the Raptors, Nuggets, and Phoenix were the three most likely teams. Simmons did this whole thing on his pod and didn't include the Raptors. I'm like, this makes no sense at all. And some people yeah. are like, well, and I mentioned it in, a, in the draft probably. He's like, well, they, they booed. They cheered when he got hurt. He's like, they did not cheer when he got hurt. Go back and watch the tape. This narrative needs to stop. They mm-hmm. cheered because there was a steal and they had a breakaway. Go back yeah. and watch the tape. This narrative is pretty silly. If you really go back and watch it, and Katie's even admitted later on, I watched back the tape. They did not cheer me. There was a breakaway. It was a misconception. And I think Kyle mentioned that in the press conference too. It was a misconception. They did not cheer Kevin Durant getting injured. There's not a savage moment like that from Raptor fans. But I thought the Raptors offered a really good package for Durant of, you know, Pascal, um, maybe a Gary Trent and picks. And you get to keep Scotty Barnes and maybe Fred. I was like, okay, that could be really, really fun. And then Denver could have offered Michael Porter Jr. But no, Kyrie, you got to mess everything up. Yeah, man. Um, Zach Lowe on his podcast asked, like, he said his first call would be to the Raptors. Yeah. And it would be um, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr. And then just picks for a thousand oh, years. Scotty. Can't do Scotty. And it, it, look, 
that is what I came to eventually because like Zach Lowe said on his thing, like Scotty could be a 10 time all-star. Yeah. Um, but a starting unit of Fred Van Vliet, OG, um, Kevin Durant, Siakam, and like Precious, who I think is going to take a big step next that's year. Pretty dirty. Like that, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Like, it, I, I don't know how good they would be three years from now, but for one season, that team would be stupid good. Um, and like, we, we just went through it. Uh, you can't see it because mercenaries. I, I have my windows open. Every three but years, you, you get a mercenary. Yeah. The, the picture here that's kind of washed out from the light is a Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, painting. I would have a KD one right beside it because I think that team could win a championship just as easily. Um, but now we don't have to think about it and I don't have to have the internal conflict of what I trade Scotty Barnes for KD um, because it's, it's not going to happen. And he is, there's like three guys in the league I would consider that for. Um, it, it would be like KD if Steph became available and, uh, and Giannis. And that's basically all I would consider it for. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't have to worry about it forever now. And I didn't listen to today's Simmons podcast. I was going to say that for work tomorrow. I'm like, well, that podcast is just going to be fantasy and done at this point. It's like, so here's these Kyrie options and this Kevin Durant thing. I was like, oh. And I was like yeah. really excited for the downfall of the Nets and everything yes. that's going to happen there. And now it's just like, okay, well, this is over with, I guess. So yeah. thanks. Now we're like, and uh, I'm going on to do the, the sports show on QR on Wednesday at 745. And we were very excited about talking about this very, very thing because that was the day Kyrie had to make his decision too. And we're going to talk about the trade option. So now it's Bradley Beal season, I suppose. Yeah. Well, now the rumor is he's opting in, right? Um, yeah. Or no, he's opting out and signing a max, which is not how I would want to be spending my max. Um, and one of the things I think it was on that, that Simmons podcast that they talked about. So get ready for this one, but yeah. Washington would have like three of the worst contracts of the last 10 years over the span yeah. of the last like three oh, yeah. Russ, they, Wall. Russ wall. And then uh, like, I think Beal is fine, but I think Beal is a fine third, you know, like Bradley yeah. Beal to me. And I, I use Ray Allen as the example in too many of these Ray Allen was phenomenal. And like the, the third best shooter in NBA history, but he's but, like Boston Ray Allen. This yeah. He is. He is Boston Ray Allen. He yeah. is third best player on a championship team when the two guys in front of him are KG and Paul Pierce, right? Yeah. Like if, if you put Bradley Beal on the Lakers, that would be exciting. That would be a good third to I round him that in Memphis. thing. I wanted him in Memphis. Mm. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. That would be really, really good. Yeah. I would like that. I thought, I thought him with New York would be interesting. Him, sure. RJ Julius would be really, really fun. Him and Kuzma in Washington and admittedly there's a bit of me that's bitter against Washington because I was big on them in the um in the the preseason and I was right for the first month and then they got the yeah and then they got the shit kicked out (sighs) of me for the rest of the year so I'm upset with them so um but no I just like Bradley Beal is a very good scorer but and it's it's the same with the the Brunson situation which I'm sure we're going to talk about oh god I just like I I don't I don't see how Beal is best player on a championship team. Like, I just don't, I think he's a very, very good player. I would trade for him in 2K in a heartbeat. I think he'd be great for the Raptors. Um, But I just, I don't, I don't see him being max guy. This is the dude we are building a championship team around. I got to agree with you. Um, And Washington is just going to be an, like, so this is the thing. And I'm going to go through this really quickly with you. I think there's teams that right now, days before the off season, they need to make the decision. Are we going for it or are we mm. a victor team? 
And for people that don't mm. know, Victor Wayanama, and I'm probably butchering the name and I will get it right eventually, but this is the next guy. This is like yeah. Kevin Durant type of hype. Let's go. And I watched some draft tape on him after. So you have to make the decision. Do we just kind of suck this year? And I know the lottery is yeah. different, but I'd rather take the chance in the lottery than have that. And the Wizards should absolutely be one of those teams this year. Yeah. I'm just saying, bye, Bradley, leave. We'll just like, we'll develop Kuzma. Maybe we can figure something out with KP to move him. But even if we have KP, we'll still be around there. Because Beal, yeah. even though he's like a third player, he's like, you know, in Beal's situation, he's kind of he's kind of a Ringo. You know, he's, yeah. he's, not, he's not Paul. He's not John. Maybe he's George, but maybe but probably the Ringo of the yeah. situation, right? And so here's the teams I kind of came up with that there's the automatic ones, right? So the Rockets, that's a Victor team, right? Yep. Thunder, that's a Victor team. Sacramento should be a Victor team, but they're going to Sacramento doesn't Sacramento doesn't think they're a Victor team. I know, but and they're probably passing oh. them anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, I like I, I was I was busy on draft night, so I couldn't. Um, but I I wish I was free to be on your guys's live oh show during God, the, the, the during just the Sacramento pick, just to <sighs> drop in, be like, what the fuck, and then leave. Um, and Sacramento just, I can't fathom being a Sacramento Kings fan. Like I just, I can't actually wrap my head around it. Again, this is no disrespect to Keegan Murray. And I said that like we laughed and then I was like, Hey Keegan, Keegan, I know. Cause I know scouts and people that know him tell you that it's a great kid. And that's the hard thing. It's like, it's nothing against you, Keegan. You yeah, seem like yeah. a great player and a great human. It's nothing against you, but Jaden Ivy may be the best player out of this draft in five years. He may be John Morant. That is his yeah. peak. And it's just like, you just, that's a situation where it's like, that's, you just, you don't go. The one time Sacramento's like, well, you know what? We should go by position instead of just the best player. That's what we should do. It's like, this was not the time for that. And then Detroit's yeah. just like, cool. So we're going to have Isaiah and Dumars. It's all a backcourt Detroit in this era now. Cool. Yeah. Oh, a Knicks? You're going to fuck up? Cool. Yeah. So we're just going to take Jalen Duran, who we already yeah. were planning to take a fifth anyways. And I'm Troy Weaver from Sam Presti, and we're smarter than a lot of you and know the NBA better with these shitty franchises. And there's always going to be those GMs that pick from the dumb franchises. Yep. Yeah, and bless Sacramento for being one of the dumb franchises for forever. Um, like, just holy smokes. What, what an awful one. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no, but they, I, that, that, that's what I was getting to with that. Uh, the Spurs, yeah. I think, are trying to be a Victor team because of this trade be. that could happen anytime. And I, so this, this Devontae Murray trade that I couldn't wrap my head around, and now I get it. And the starter, uh, the starters, the no dunks brought this up perfectly. Um, so you look at the Devontae trade, like, well, why would San Antonio do that? Because of Pop and everything, I don't think it matters with Pop really they they look at the timeline and they look at Devin Vassell and now they brought in Skolin and the timeline with them and Jamal and Devonte it just doesn't line up and you're going to have to pay him being a, a, uh, an all-star like 35 million so yeah it makes sense to move on with him bring in Boyan and get some picks and be potentially looking for Victor and who better to have Victor even who maybe you know shot is good but if you have Chip England there Right. That's the yeah. thing with school. And everyone's like, oh, Stolen shot sucks. Well, he's got Chip England and shouts to Peter. He's got the kind of great aging. So, you know, about Chip England. Um, mm -hmm. 
And then if he goes to Atlanta, people are questioning, well, why is that Atlanta fit? Well, that's a lot of sense because Trace sucks ass at defense. So Murray is going to be able to cover him on the, the top point guards in the league. You throw Trey in the corner, make him a two guard, give him the worst defensive player in the court. When you have yeah. the nights when he has to go into the best, the Hardens or whoever, the Kyries, I suppose, you know, the Marcus Smarts and whatnot, the top, you know, playmaking point guards or whatever for teams, then you can put Murray on him. So I get it from both sides now where at first I'm like, what is this trade? Now it kind of makes sense. And I get where the Spurs are coming from and RC Buford and Pop. They're like, well, kind of what we talked about with the Flames, right? Like, we're good enough to be a play-in team. We're good enough to maybe be an eight seed, but we should probably be going for this kid next year. Let's drop down a sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that, like, it, it was cool that San Antonio hung around um, for the last couple of years yeah, and just, like, were whatever. But they, they, need, they need a reset. And, man, if they – if they could get the number one overall pick this year and just like completely reset things, that would be, it would be good for them. You know, like they, they've done things the right way for a while that like just basketball karma wise, that would be good for them. I don't know if they deserve it. Cause you got a long run out of, yeah. uh, you got uh, Tim Robinson Duncan and, and, and then Duncan. you get Victor <laughs> yeah. and David Robinson. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you necessarily like, I, 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 I shed no tears for San Antonio Spurs fans, yeah. but it would be pretty cool to, to have kind of this next wave of San Antonio. And then pretty much the rest of the West, it's like, well, we're going to go for it. Clippers are going to go for it. Pellies are going to go for it. Minnesota will take another leap. Uh, Denver, U- Utah should probably go for it. Mm-hmm. Utah might be going for it. Uh, Mavericks, no. Dallas, no. And then so, yeah, that's that's the West. And then in the East, uh, Magic will go for it. Pistons might be i think pistons are taking a step i think the pistons take a step next year yeah yeah uh and pacers will go for it the Wizards should be going for it the mix should be going for it charlotte should be going for it considering they just brought back a coach they fired four years ago which is (laughs) bizarre uh the Cavs will be too good atlanta will be we'll see now and then every other team is pretty much in that zone so Mm -hmm. there's a few teams we'll see the take back the spurs are the first team i've kind of seen of like hmm if we stay with who we have, we're going to be higher in the lottery and maybe we should take a step back because this player doesn't line up to where we're going. Man. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think another team that should be um, kind of like, okay, let's just let, let's try to get this next Kevin Durant is Utah. Like I just, I think it's not working there. And if I'm, if I am Utah, it is the NBA 2k 22 trade finder on every player I have. Like, like nobody on that roster is untouchable and just see what I piece together over the next 12 months to like, have this team be okay. Well, maybe we found a couple of things, but I, I want, yeah, yeah. Just full on. And I, I do not advocate for full on blowups as often as many people do, but yeah. Utah it's, it's just, it is broken. It is poisoned. It is done. I am st- Stunned that none of that stuff happened at the, the draft this year. Um, I I I can't believe they still have both guys on the roster after after draft night. But I I you cannot go into next year doing the same thing. Like it just it does not work. And I again I am the last guy to say oh this doesn't work. It's broken. Blah, 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 blah. But this is broken. This is done. It is over. This isn't the Raptors of well maybe it is kind of the Raptors of of like 2015 and 2016 and 17 where it's like okay th- this whole regular season thing is fine but there is a limit to this and that limit to this for Utah is 
two wins in the first round. Like that's, that is what you are peeking at with this team as they are assembled. So I, I think they should be a blow it up team, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think it was many on that list that I, I necessarily disagreed with. I could see Charlotte not wanting to be um, in the lottery next year. Like they had the play in game. You have LaMelo. Um, I could see them wanting to, to take rid. They get the bridges thing to decide here. Like, would you give them the max? Yes. I don't I wouldn't. No, I don't think I no. would. Cause 20, like people are like, well, is it 20, 20 per game score? Those kind of grow on trees these days. Yeah. They're well, and like well, when you have LaMelo helping out, Mm-hmm. that 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 tends to to help right so i yeah I, I i think charlotte will want to be better i might be with you though just thinking about it like that yeah will they should they be is, is a bit more of a question and that's that that's fair that's where you got to think and i know the lottery is different than it's been so tanking isn't the same as it was mm-hmm. but i think it's like we just want to have our ticket right personally yeah. i think my team should be that team i think we should if i had my way and i was the gm of the lakers I would probably trade AD this summer and I would trade LeBron. The problem is our pick is a pick swap. So there's no point in doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that's uh, unless, what I would be doing. I would take the chance to get Victor. Yeah. Uh, unless it's um, after the draft lottery and you just trade AD for the first overall pick, um, yeah. then I, you, you can't be doing it, man. God, you guys are in such a bad spot. Yeah. It's, we, it's funny. So when the Kyrie rumors are going on, Vegas odds went from 1800 to 800 for us. And now they're back to 1800. Um, yeah. Like I said, if you're a Laker fan, don't have a lot of expectations. I mean, you're hoping for a healthy AD. That's the key. That's yeah. the key to everything. I, I actually do believe that Darwin will get more out of Russ this upcoming season than we got last year. I, I do believe there will be an improved Russell Westbrook next year. It will you yeah. know, be a lesser Russell Westbrook, but we will not see the same Russ next year uh you know no and that's fair and yeah i i am poking fun a little bit um because like you should you should (laughs) the situation that they were in last year they're 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 just like if that team returns there is no hope but you're right like best case scenario lebron had an entire playoffs off um you have ad just figures out what his body type is supposed to be and how best to to utilize himself russ you get a little bit more out of him and the organization understands, Hey, maybe having one guy who can shoot would help this team. Um, and maybe a couple of guys who could defend might help this team. Like you just hope that the rest of the group is better assembled than last year's Wayne Ellington. Oh my God, Stanley Johnson team. Like you hope that that the pieces around those guys this year are a little bit better. And I mean, realistically last year was worst case scenario from both AD and Russ. Yeah, the only and the only free agents I want back from last year would be Malik. And if Melo comes back, that's cool. I think Melo served his role good. Like yeah. an auto port, like I said, there's guys I'm looking at, and they're not sexy names that Laker fans want to hear. But a Javon Carter is someone that I think they should seriously consider. An auto mm-hmm. porter is some. I'm so bummed that Pat Coddington opted in. I was like, that- I thought for sure he'd opt out. Five yeah. million. I thought Coddington could make ten million, and I thought like. Raptors are going to go after him. Like the smart teams will definitely go after him. Now, I didn't think he yeah. was going to be a Laker. I wanted him to be a Laker, but I just thought, oh my God, Pat Connaughton's 5 million. There's no way he's going to opt into that. Like the Raptors yeah. and the Mavs and the smart teams are going to look at that kid. Just like I think the smart teams are going to look at Javon Carter, right? He's not a sexy name, but this free agency yeah. is not sexy, right? You're going to be looking for those. And the guys like Masai that are smart. And like the Raptors are going to probably go around the corners now, right? Like 
Yeah. Maybe the maybe the Gobert rumor happens, or maybe Aiden happens. I don't know, but I think they'll be like, mm, what can we get from Malachi Flynn? What can we, you know, it's what can we do for Malachi Flynn? He's kind of a miss by yeah. us. What can we do there? And what can we do here? I think the smart teams are always going to win. And the Raptors, you know, just looking at the standings next year, there's nothing against right now the Raptors winning the East as far as the regular season, because potentially the Raptors are a center away. And some of those teams are that like Boston, what we just saw in the finals, they're kind of a bench away. And that's, this is the perfect free agency for Boston because those players are there and Philly, it's like, man, them getting DeAndre Melton. I know that's not a, again, not a sexy name for a lot of people, but that's the kind of player that Philly needed. Perfect. Perfect pickup by Philadelphia. I love that move for them. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like the, this is the year to need depth. This isn't the year to need the stars. Um, th- this is the, the year for the contenders to try to kind of load up a little bit um, from a, a Raptor perspective. I like, I I'm, I, I haven't had to pronounce his name yet that the kid who they took in the second oh, round yeah. Um, yeah. Kapoko or something like that from Siakam's um, home town. I believe. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and look, all I've seen from him was 45 seconds with Jay Bill is talking over him. So like, I, I haven't done extensive search, but everything he did on that video package is what the Raptors need, right? He is huge and he can block shots. They had no one who could do either of those things last year. Now he looks like he has the body type that Joel Embiid would feast on, but he at least is someone who can do a bit of rim protection. I'm not saying that their second round pick is the key to them getting to a championship, but he at least will be a big dude who can come off the bench and hack a guy a couple of times if they need him. But no, they, they need a center. Um, the, the one that I keep coming back to, I want Miles Turner so bad. And I know it's not going to happen. That's but every like, Raptors fan, man. Everyone wants yeah. it. If you could switch him for Boucher, I think that maybe work. Or I mean, even the OG stuff, as I've gone more into it, I'm like, Oh, I think this 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 uh, interview kind of got blown out of what he said. And so I don't yeah. think he would be traded for Gobert or the Portland pick, which obviously not now. There's pieces you can get Turner because Turner just seems like everything must go. Three years yeah. ago, we got it. Like it just seems like I was surprised he wasn't traded at draft day. Him and John Collins just seem to not be on their teams next year. Yeah. Yeah, like it's almost like they're free agents, but yeah. we, we're just waiting for the team to make that trade because they're just, they are so available right now. But Turner, again, rim protection, uh, he can shoot a bit. Um, I, I think he would be a perfect fit for the Raptors. But like, you could do a Miami pick for him, is, you could get a pick for him because that's what they want. Oh, yeah. They want picks. Mm-hmm. And I think the Raptors, they're going to be a bottom 20 team. You can do yeah. a pick. If you do a pick, Malachi Flynn and something else, yeah. let's call it in right now. Yeah, I would, I would be very on board with that if they if they're able to do that. Um, but you're right, like this free agency class, this isn't going to be a sexy one as we've discussed. But this is going to be one that helps build a championship team, right? Like this is going to be like what Porter was for Golden State, um, just like the, those key guys off the bench. What Boston needed, what I think Philadelphia really needed, uh, because they kind of got eaten up on non Joel Embiid minutes. They need to get a couple of those guys in there. What Brooklyn, I think, needs, because everything there they tried, when we were talking about all the depth they had going into last season, none of those dudes worked out. So they need to kind of to recalibrate youth. a little bit. So I, Youth is important, not names. And I think we saw that mm-hmm. from Golden State in a while, right? Like, they got the right yeah. youth and veteranship. Having uh, Belichier, I always mention his name, but he didn't have the big, he made moments, right? Otto Porter made moments, right? Those, Gary Payton, finding him off the scrap heap, right? And that's why, yeah. like, I'm going to Javon Garter, because they kind of remind me of something. Like Gary Payton was so important to them, and he's a free agent. 
I'm assuming he's going to go back to the dubs, but the smart teams are going to go after him. And that's why there's the dumb teams like the Knicks. Like, well, we can give 25 million to Jalen Bronson. His dad used to play here and he's really good in the playoffs. This is going to work. Oh, I would be so rattled if I were a Knicks fan right now, because like the, the maneuvering on draft night, like whatever, like, if they didn't think the number 11 overall pick was going to change their franchise, then moving around some stuff is fine. But this isn't, this isn't the free agency class to do that with. Like if your big move, if your plan a is Jalen Brunson, you're screwed. That's not a plan. A that is a plan C that that is like that. That's okay. Well, the first three guys we took a swing at aren't there, but Hey, look, Amari Stoudemire is still here. So let's go and sign him like that. That's which the Knicks did. Um, he, he is not, again, talk about not the number one player on a star team. Holy crap, Brunson. Uh, not the number two. I, I I didn't love him this playoffs. I thought he was good when Luca was out. Was but out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of guys are going to get better when their usage rate goes up like 15%. That's what happened like, to Tim yeah. Hardaway with the Mavs. Yes, yes. Have we Ray learned Burke nothing? with the Mavs. And now he just yeah. got traded for fodder for Christian Wood. Yeah, like it, it's... This is, uh, there are some times where you can at least like, okay, I see what they're getting at here, right? Like I I can at least say they they had to sign Randall to the extension. I hated the Fournier contract, but you could at least see like the things that Fournier does well, a basketball team needs to be successful. He just doesn't do them very often. And it's not as bad of a contract as people think for Fournier. They will eventually be able to move it because it's like 18, 19 million. That is a movable contract. Yeah, put a couple of picks on that. Like they got a couple yeah. of lectures now. Put a couple yeah. of picks on that, send it off to the Kings and just clear it. Like you can do that. But the problem is you're clearing cap space for someone who like as soon as you sign him, that's going to be one of the worst contracts in the league. Like that, that yeah. is, he he is not in the top tier. He is not in that second tier. He's not in a third tier. Like, And he, he is a fine fourth or fifth guy. Like he is a fine Mario Chalmers, right? Like you, you have the big three and then this, and it seems like I'm shitting on him and I kind of am, but I, I'm, I'm more shitting on the idea that he is this guy that is going to turn this franchise around. And if I'm the next, I would much rather, okay, we're trading Randall for whatever. Let's see where. Don't get done with the Mitchell and, then. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Go. If, if Brunson is the big answer, then trade one of the, the young kids, go get Donovan Mitchell, who is the better version of Jalen Brunson and try to give it a go that way. I would much rather um, just see what I have in top and, and quickly and RJ. And if it sucks, maybe we get lucky or little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, draft lottery hasn't gone our way in a while and we're the Knicks um, and, and hope for it that way. I, I just, there is no conceivable way that my number one plan is I'm going to shed a bunch of salary so that Jalen Brunson can come in here. Like it just, it fixes nothing for the Knicks. Absolutely nothing. And you're probably going to lose Mitchell Robinson because mm-hmm. he was on a $1 million contract. So again, the smart teams are going to see what Mitchell Robinson does and he's going to leave the Knicks. And he like Mitchell Robinson could just walk his way to the Raptors even. Oh, and- I would love that. Yeah. Like again, like the the smart teams are gonna do this kind of stuff. They're they're this is your ultimate. Like I know when people see these big free agents, their eyes close. We talked about the NHL. This is where you see the good GMs work. This yeah. is where you see them work because they're gonna be able to work between the weeds. And for you know the casual fan of free agency, it's not gonna be as sexy. For the people like you and me that play the like two K or the show or whatever or NHL, and then these are like the guys you kind of build around your team. 
That's yep. going to be the fun part of these ancillary kind of pieces and how you build the depth for your team. Like my team, we currently have five rostered players on our team right now, I think. Uh, so this is a lot of that, right? And then, I mean, I look at a team like the Clippers, who I think are going to win the specific regular season next year. And they're going to be looking about, okay, so we have PG, we have Kawhi, we got Norm, we got Covington, we got Luke Kennard, got Reggie Jackson, we got uh, Trey Mann. Fuck, they're going to be good next year. Um, yeah, they are. <laughs> Let's get a little bit more depth at center, which there's a lot of centers this year. And let's get a little bit more depth at the point and maybe, you know, the wing. So that's the team that's going to be doing really good with that kind of stuff. Those kind of teams are going to take a bump. And like you mentioned, a team like Brooklyn, okay, they're going for it. You know, learn from last year. Maybe you don't want to get a Blake Griffin or a LaMarcus Aldridge. Maybe, right. you know, you want to invest more into a Nick Claxton or a Devontae Sharp or a Cam Thomas and kind of go forward with that. It boggles my mind, Peter, how people don't look at the smart teams, right? Like a New Orleans, like a Toronto, like a Dallas, yeah. who I put in that category, like Miami, why Golden State, Boston. Why do people not follow this form more? It's really frustrating at times of, oh, we got the big star. Let's make it work. It's like, yeah, right. but I mean, you can look at the Raptors. Yeah, Kawhi got them over the top, but look at the building of that. Look at how Boston built yep. themselves, right? Look how Golden State build themselves. Why are more people not following that route? It's really frustrating. I just, when was the last time the, we cleared out a bunch of cab space for this free agent? When did that work, right? Like LeBron, but yeah, best player on the planet. You know, like look at the, the last champions, like the, the Raptors make that big move for Kawhi Leonard. But there's a reason that was such a unicorn. That's never happened before and worked, right? Like it just, it doesn't. More often than not, it's Grant Hill's leg explodes or yeah. Amari Stoudemire just isn't what everyone thought he was going to be or Dwight Howard isn't what everyone thought he was going to be. And then he wasn't what he thought he was going to be. And then Nash gets hurt. He's old. Right, exactly. Like it just, this, this doesn't work almost ever, you know? Well, and even with you, the, you look the at, dubs, they got lucky because cap room opened. Mm -hmm. right you you had but then cap room open the smart team now look yeah you and i could have said hey go get kevin durant but the smart yeah. team made the best move the lakers no offense timothy mozgov right like you, you had like day. the right the not smart teams were not oh shit we got all this cap space 30 million dollars to these motherfuckers like that's yeah. not how this is supposed to work and this is what you're doing with brunson and you talk about well this is what the smart teams do we just discussed mitchell robinson probably leaving boy if you had a Jalen Duran there who could have filled that spot, that would have made your roster Williams a little bit better. Pick. That's why it yeah. was like, what are you doing? No, we got to get rid of Kemba. We got to get rid of Kemba and we can't draft yeah. anyone because Jalen Brunson, he's New York made. It's going to make the garden alive. You know what else is going to make the garden alive? Winning. Yeah. And it just, it sucks because this, this front office was supposed to be different, right? Like this, this wasn't going to be the let's go out and, and get like, I mean, they went out and got Carmelo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This wasn't going to be try to get yeah. the next big star and lure them to New York. And Hey, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Durant is definitely coming to New York. So is Kyrie, right? Um, th this was supposed to be the, we're going to build this team smartly. And when the time comes, we're going to, to, to be able to take advantage of it. And then they got one playoff win and everyone lost their minds. Yeah, it's, so that's, that's the part of this free agency that we're really going to see. You're going to see those smart teams. Your team yeah. is one of them. My team is not one of them. 
And we're going to see the difference about what those two teams are. Uh, and I, I mean, look, my team has to learn to do that this year because the free agency is so bad. When we went into that season and I remember talking to preseason, I'm like, I'm very scared. There's no wings on this team. And when you do that, that leads to you. Like, oh, we got we and Gabriel and Stanley Johnson midway through the season when it's too late. That yeah. kind of stuff is the stuff you can't do. And like you mentioned, getting old shooters that don't work. You're going to see the big thing of free agency. And you saw in the draft, and I want to talk about the draft really quick, of so the smart teams work. OKC, man, what a draft. And then Detroit. Man. What a draft by OK, like yeah. by Detroit. Like both those teams, super smart teams, know what they're doing. And it just, you kind of see that every single year. Orlando, I thought Paulo was the best player. I don't know if that's the right pick. So we're going to see what happens there. And Houston, I don't know if they're a smart team or a dumb team yet. They just kind of fell into Jabari. Right. Yeah, they, they've just had kind of, okay, well, we just have the next one then, right? With yeah. uh, with Jalen Green and then with Jabari. Who, like, man, um, I think Houston could, like, be kind of sneaky good. But um, like you said, like, we just don't know if they're smart. Like, I think getting rid of Christian Wood was a good idea. Yes. I don't know if they got enough. It's weird because I thought, like, I – I wouldn't want Christian Wood on my team, but if I had him on my team, I would want to trade him for more than what Houston got for him. Right. Like it's, it's a weird, I don't like either side of this trade, but I I do think that Houston will be kind of interesting, but no, you're right. Like the Pistons. And again, part of it is a couple of guys just fell to them, but the Pistons are going to be one of the more, at least watchable teams next year. Like they're going to be, I think they're going to be like Cleveland was this year, right. Where like, I think Kate takes a step. You got a couple of rookies who are going to come in and have an impact. I don't, I think Detroit's the most interesting team now because we talk again, smart team. They opened up a bunch of cap space and now they kind of filled all the holes that they wanted to fill. Like, do you still go out and get DeAndre Ayton? Um, because you, you have Bridges. Right. Yeah. Cause Bridges, man, Bridges would fit well on that team, wouldn't he? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And even like if you want to do like a twin tower thing with Ayton and Duran um, and then Isaiah Stewart behind them and then just have, just this unbeatable front line. Like it would be, I, I just think Detroit is really, really interesting now because they, they open up the pathway to solve their problems and then solve their problems before they needed that pathway. It's like, Oh, now what are we going to do? I'm really happy for Dwayne Casey too. Like obviously, you yeah. know, being up here in Canada, I thought he got the raw end of the deal in Toronto. And now it worked out for them because Nick nurse found his role there and probably the best coach in the NBA, if not one of them. And for Casey, it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. Now he has to go to Detroit. That sucks. But now it's like, oh, Casey gets this really fun team. So that's that's a win-win yeah. for him. And those Raptors and these Pistons games are always fun. Because the Pistons always win them. Um, if it's Pistons-Raptors in the Eastern Conference Final, just book a sweep because the Raptors never beat Dwayne Casey. Um, yeah. But no, like, I, I think Casey is great with young players. I think he's perfect for this team. Um, I've heard some people say, like, the um, – the Pistons are just going to keep doing what they did with Kemba. Like, just let's bring in, get, give us your bad contracts. We'll take your bad contract. We'll take a couple picks, but we'll take your bad contracts and we'll just keep building our team that way. They, they could very easily build up something really well. And now you look at OKC and a lot of like people questioning, okay, you got all these picks. Are you going to do something with them? They did something with them this time. Um, yeah. I, I think they had a, like, they are now starting to build something. And if they, if it all culminates next year, with them hitting the lottery and getting the next KD into Oklahoma city. And then all of a sudden having this next oh version, God. really Him next chat is terrifying. Right. But then you like, it, it's almost freaky about how, Oh wow. We, we've just like built up again, uh, Durant, Serge, Russ, and, <laughs> and Harden. 
Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it, it's weird how it's just like, it, it's all kind of played out like that. Once again, if that ends up working for them or they have a thousand picks that they can trade for someone. So you're right. Yeah. The, the smart teams are taking advantage. It's a lot like the NFL draft was this year where it's, it's easy to take the big quarterback, right? It's, it's easy to take the number one kid, but this was the one to build that foundation for a championship. This free agency is the one to help you build, or I guess, solidify that foundation for a championship. And much like in the NFL, the Jags are the dumb team that took the wrong player potentially. And then the Lions are like, us? Oh, right. We're kind of competent now. So we're going to take Aiden Hutchinson. You guys are going to, Vikings, you're going to just give us your pick? Cool. So we'll take Jamal Williams. And you guys won't have any picks in the first round and you're in the same division as us? Cool. We don't care. Whatever. Yeah. All of a sudden, Detroit. I'm just so happy for Detroit sports. They just had the rookie yeah. of the year in the NHL. Um, so the Red Wings are working their way back. They have maybe the best GM in the NHL, Steve Eiserman. Um, the, the Lions are going to be a really, like, all of a sudden they have two of the funnest teams too. Like the Lions are going to be super fun to watch this year. And the Pistons are going to be super fun. The Tigers are whatever. They're, they're doing what they're doing. Uh, but like those three teams, it's like, okay, Detroit sports, like kind of was like the most miserable sports city to be in for like five years ago. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, man, you know, kind of fun. And yeah. and then this, and this Wednesday you're getting blood and guts. So kind well, of I, fun time to be in Detroit. It's funny how like the lions draft and the, I, I didn't think about it until you brought it up. Yeah. How the lions draft kind of mirrored the Pistons it's draft where crazy, eh? like the, the team in front of you made the bad pick. So like you guys, as soon as the first syllable of the next two of the first of the guy ahead of you, they were like selected. The yeah. Pick was in. As soon yeah. as key, came out for keegan murray it was okay ivy yeah we've got that we're calling yeah. it in yeah hang yeah. up the phone that's what we're doing same thing happened oh you're not taking him in the nfl draft yeah we'll, we'll we'll take that guy who everyone had number one overall until this exact moment in time um and like yeah there's gonna be a 30 for 30 on this the the new detroit dynasty in sports well and then it's, it's, it's i think it was exactly the, the 12th pick that the vikings had and then it was the 12th pick the knicks had that they both took advantage of it's like Man, something's in the water in Detroit right now. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah this is my last in the draft. The NBA, you've got to learn from the NFL. That draft was fucking boring. I had the coverage. Yes. It's a boring draft. Like, the NHL is boring at times, too. Don't get me wrong. You guys got to learn from the NFL. Like, pick an outside arena next year. No more Barclays. No more New York. It's summertime. Go to, like, you know, not Central Park, but go to somewhere like that. Like, you find a big spot to go in New York or – L, downtown LA or something get the fans to be in all their bases and whatnot and because I can watch like four or five rounds of the NFL draft and have no idea who this guy is from Central Florida or whatever but be so engaged with how they tell the story and like how everything's going I the NBA like once you got to like pick I don't even pick 10 once you got to like Johnny Davis going to the Wizards great score Johnny Davis getting out a shot but you're just like okay I don't know how much I'm gonna care anymore because they don't really make you care as much. Yeah. Well, and I I didn't like um, ESPN's coverage of it at all. Like, no. I, I get like Stephen A is Stephen A. Um, Jalen Rose is turning into a star there. And having uh, Ogumake there as an analyst, she is very, very good. Reese Davis is whatever as the host. But yeah. um, to not have one draft expert on there, like everyone knows who Mel Kuyper Jr. is. I don't even know where he came from. He just like descended from draft. Chad Ford, man. Why and, did they fire yeah. Chad Ford? 
Right. And like Jay Billis is there and we, we joke about the length with Jay Billis, but at least he provides like really good analysis. I get, he's not like the a personality, but you need someone there and telling me what these they miss kids are Simmons good at. too, by the way, they miss Simmons. Mm-hmm. I was watching the Giannis movie and they, they still got the, wow. When he drafts, when Anthony Bennett, like they miss a guy like that. Right. Cause Simmons would just be like, not what Stephen A. Smith is, but a guy that thinks outside the box of where yeah. the picks are and stuff like that, right? He would think outside of it. And even him like going like this, cheering when he got James Young and stuff like that. Even Rosillo, they miss like a Rosillo. They don't mm-hmm. have that guy right now. Like, bring Amina Kimes or- on. But Katie yeah. Nolan's gone. But like someone like that, like you have those type of outside the box personalities. Like you sh- like have a panel with Malika Andrews, Mina Kimes and and, Kend- and Kendrick because Kendrick's good comparisons were amazing. But like that should be, that should have been the panel. And then, yeah, maybe you have a Jay or, you know, you bring somebody else that knows college basketball. But, like, you know, you brought up the great point. When they had Mel Kuyper, Mel comes in. This is what Aiden Hutchinson is. This is what Drake London is. And that stuff yeah. you can kind of connect with. When you don't have those people, it's hard to have that connection. Yeah. And I get, like, Simmons and Rosillo can rub people the wrong way. Um, and I, I don't agree with everything they say. No. But I, I, I really enjoyed their draft pods that they did. Um, and because you have, like – you have Simmons who goes in a thousand different directions at yeah. once. Um, Rosillo just calls everyone an idiot all the time. But yeah. I like you, like you have a lot of personality. You have a lot of good like in the moment discussion about okay, what does this mean? Like I thought the actual basketball talk was good. And I get like ESPN, you're in a bit of a tough spot because you're never going to just shit on a pick, right? Because this is the greatest moment of these kids' lives. Yeah. You don't want their grandma watching on ESPN while people are laughing at Keegan Murray getting picked by the Kings, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that sucks. So I understand like you do have to find the positives and things, but I do think that there could be more like actual basketball talk. And that's where the ringer did really well. Like Simmons goes through all these different scenarios. Rasilla breaks it down. I think KOC is one of the best in the NBA really good, in yeah. his, in his draft coverage and just best in the NBA in general. And so I, I thought that they kind of hit all the right notes on their coverage. And I like ESPN, they have their studio guys there. Their studio people don't talk ever uh, during the games anyway. It's like hot they, they takes. do countdown and it's stuff. It's all like hot that. takes now. But like you look, I, I think there was one game during the playoffs where the ESPN halftime show, each announcer, analyst, whatever, got 45 seconds to talk. There was yeah. no debate. There was no whatever. It was point, 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 point. We've already seen I would fail in that. Um, but like, it, it just, there's no discussion. These guys aren't used to this kind of conversation thing. I get Stephen A is, and all these guys come from different things. But when we're talking about the NBA, this isn't, ESPN has gone so far away from this format. They've kind of messed with what works. They should like, give honestly, the draft to Turner. That's what should yes. happen. They should, they should yeah, the like you have their NBA guys kind of parachute in during the, um, during the, the tournament and like Kenny um, Kenny Smith, like obviously he's done his homework. Barkley is very upfront with how little homework he has done, but at least mm. he's honest about it and he's hilarious. Right. I think that would be good. There'd be some personality, some something going on, but it's just that there needs to be something for the Barkley basketball. Barkley would shit on the Kings, right? He'd be like, I don't know yes. who Keegan Murray is. And I don't know what a yeah. DJ and Ivy. I watched him. Cause you even hear that during when Chuck does college basketball. like, I don't know who that kid is, but he's okay. Yeah, exactly. And like, it, w- it would be fun. And yeah, like there's just, they, they went so far the opposite direction after they got rid of Simmons and there's just no personality on there right now. Aside yeah. from like Stephen A, who we're, we're all kind of used to, right? Yeah, I, I, you hit it on the head there, Peter, too. It's just, because Simmons talked about that when he was on the NBA show, right? It's like, okay, Simmons, you go, then Jalen, you go, then Wilbon, you go, then Magic, you go, and we're out. And so, so it was like, you can't, 
have a debate. Like he'd be like, so how are the Lakers doing? Okay. You're going to talk about Kobe. You're going to talk about Powell. You're going to talk about Lamar. And you talk about this. It's like, that doesn't, that's not a normal way people work. When you look at what the guys no. at Turner do, and it's so organic. Even if you look at, you know, this might go over some other American head, but even the CBC panel, right. When, you know, you come in and you, and everyone has the talk around there and Elliot kind of leads it and whatnot. It's really well done. And I think that kind of comes to, to not a shot of Malika or anyone that's a host there. They haven't, I thought Michelle was probably the last really good host they had, Michelle Beadle. Mm-hmm. Like Malika is much better as kind of an independent, giving her thoughts, breaking down a video resume type person or kind of doing a stand-in interview. Maybe not as good as just sitting at the desk and kind of letting everyone else go because she's such a personality in her own right. Yeah. And I understand like we're the, the halftime shows and, and intermission shows aren't for us, right? Like they, they've already got the sports people and really what those are is just a vessel to get as much sponsored content out there. And we got yeah. beat over the head with it with SN bets this year during the, oh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Which you can't um, even do where we are. You can't even do yeah, it here. I, I don't know if you noticed, um, Bet365 is available in Ontario now. <laughs> is it? Um, yeah, they, they're really subtle about that. But like it's, and th- that's one of the things, because I, I thought, I, I do think that Sportsnet is all right at it. Um, I think like when there is something big that happens, instead of just, okay, now you want to talk about the goalies and you want to talk about this and you want to talk about that. Um, there, there is sometime when a big thing happens. I forget, there was something that happened in Calgary, Edmonton, at, right at the end of, oh, it was the fight. Um, it, it was the fight that the the second fight that got the two guys kicked out. Um, and instead of like, okay, well, look, I know this thing happened, but Kelly Rudy has 45 seconds on Jacob Markstrom and Kelly Rudy is going to get his goddamn 45 seconds on Jacob Markstrom. They, they scrap that. And okay, we're going to talk about this thing, but that can only go so long because then you have the, um, the, the intermission report with the, the uh, interview with the guy that no one gets anything out of for 45 spans seconds because it's sponsored by skip the dishes and you get the, the, the SN bets thing because it's sponsored by bet 365 and you have to get the highlights in because those are sponsored by crypto.com, right? Like there, there are certain elements that you have to hit on these things. Yeah. And so it, it like financially windfall for these organizations, I am sure. Um, but like for, for us, and I think for the betterment of the sport, sometimes that kind of discussion can help with like, as we're talking about trying to get people educated on the sport, trying to grow the sport, trying to grow that next generation for the sport, having actual conversations about it instead of, well, I thought uh, that Kobe Bryant had a really good first half because the producer told me I have to talk about Kobe Bryant for the next 45 yeah. seconds. Like that, that doesn't, that that's no good anywhere. It's why with Amazon with their NFL stuff, why they're trying to pay Pat McAfee so much money. Cause like, mm-hmm. cause that works. You need that yes. guy. Like, I would love to have a McAfee on the NBA draft or like even honestly, when the NFL draft was going on, it was great. I watched some of the Pat McAfee show because McAfee was great in its own right. It's why he's such a good talent that I'm almost like, man, WWE is going to mess this up some way. Uh, And so I want to get to the wrestling side. So yeah, crazy stuff coming up in the NBA with free agency. Um, I'll talk about the blue Jays for two seconds because I, we're getting to like the end where I don't want to go as long here. And we could go on for this Blue Jays thing, probably an hour. The pitching is a problem. Yeah. I I am getting very greedy now. I don't, I, I want them to make a couple of trades. I want them to happen right now. I want them to involve uh, Frankie Montas from the Oakland athletics and, and not, or, and Luis Castillo from Cincinnati. I like this team cannot be, and I get, Wild card is kind of 
like the 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 peak that this team can get this year. We can't we can't the pass Yankees, the Yankees. It's done. No, no. The the Yankees are the best team in baseball. That that's not happening. You are going to have to win a wild card series, but you need to be a strong favorite in that wild card series, and then a team that no one wants to face in the DS. You cannot just squeak into the postseason and hey, well, at least we got here. At least we got the two games against Tampa Bay. That 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 cannot happen with this team. No. You are running out of. I'm not saying you're running out of time with these stars because. They, I think they brought it up on the, the TV broadcast. Everyone, like everyone's getting really excited about Adelaide Rushman in Baltimore. Half the Blue Jays starting lineup is still younger than Adelaide Rushman is. Manoa is, Moreno is, Vladdy still is. I think Bo is right there. But you're running out of time with them being affordable. And like you, you have to, you have to take advantage of this. And like Kikuchi, I don't want to see him pitch again for the Blue Jays. Like it's just, I, I am over it. And when we get to the playoffs, this Blue Jays team, you can't go into it. I, I want to go into the Blue Jays playoffs either with like a, wow, Mark Burley didn't make the starting rotation for the team or a, holy crap, the bullpen's okay. But now they've thrown uh, Frankie Montas into the bullpen because they have three quality starting arms and they, they don't need that fourth one. I don't want, well, we have Barrios and we have Gosman. And you know, if they could get three, maybe four innings out of Ross Stripling in, the, in game three, they might really have something. This team can't go into the playoffs this way. That they can't just squeak in and be all right with that. This was supposed to be a team that was competing for the East and competing for the American League. And this pitching staff, starting and in the bullpen, is just not good enough to get them to that level right now. They're not better than the Yankees. They're not better than the Astros. They are barely better than the White Sox, although their games against them haven't proved that. Um, like you, you look at the teams that are ahead of them right now. These are the teams that you are supposed to be competing with. So compete with them. Like go out and make these big splashes now. Can't say much better myself. Um, there just has to be changes there. And before when you know the losing streak happened in May, it's like, okay, it's May. Now it's June. You know, this is when stuff's gonna when baseball, the eyes are on you now. Hockey and yeah. basketball are done. Free agencies will take some time, but eyes are gonna start like, before you know it. We're a month from August, and then we're a month from September, and the playoffs get started. So, you know, it's kind of put up or shut up time, especially when you put the expectations on yourself and you buy into them yeah. and saying this is gonna be a movie. And Yankee fans, sure, they rode the shit out of that line when they beat us. Man, do they ever and even just buying into your own hype of we beat the Yankees one game and we're like, we did it. We beat the Yankees. And then you start losing again. It's like, you've got to think bigger than that because you're not just this scrappy young underdog. Look at us. We're the blue Jays. You're not that team yeah. anymore. You're a team that's supposed to win a world series. That was the difference with 15. Um, yeah. When, um, when they got too low and they got price, they believed they were the best team in baseball, right? Like yeah. the, the Yankees came through, Russell Martin hits a big home run and it was just, no, we expected to beat them. That there, there were no big wins for that Blue Jays team. For the fan base there were, because we hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. But for that team, it was all, no, this is what we were supposed to do. We, we have surprising losses. We're not going to have two of them in a row, but no win is a, oh, wow, this is a huge win for us. It's just the next one because we're supposed to do that because we're better than everyone. And I think this Blue Jays team needs to have a little bit more of that consistently. I think they ride that roller coaster a little bit too much. And referencing before, I think they need that Russell Martin who's just kind of that calm, whatever. And I get like Springer has been there before, but that dude wears his emotions on his sleeve all the time. Um, and this is the where Red I think Sox they missed him. not be ahead of us. The Red Sox right. should not be ahead. You are better than the Red Sox. no. No, exactly. And this is where they miss a Marcus Simeon, who I don't know if he smiled once last year. Um, like they, they need that calm, 
nothing gets too high, nothing gets too low. We are just riding this through because we're that good. Um, and everything will just kind of work itself out. They, they need that type of a, an influence in that clubhouse right now. And those stories about Verlander and the Blue Jays uh, were the number two option. Five he would million be, short or whatever. He, he would, Every problem would be solved for the Blue Jays right now <sighs> if they had Justin Verlander. Yeah. Uh, and then I just want to get out. We're, we're not going to talk about Forbidden Door. Peter hasn't seen it. We could talk about stuff. It was a fun show. I'm excited for Peter to watch it. Um, That's all I'm going to ask you about wrestling this week. Raw is happening as we speak. I'm excited to go watch it after my PVR. Your favorite John Cena matches and favorite John Cena moments. Ooh, favorite John Cena matches. Um, There's a lot. There's actually a lot. There is. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people shit on the five moves of doom and everything like that but i like to me the john cena match is the one against jbl where he's all ble- beaten and bloody and everything one. like that i've heard that um one, yeah. i think it's ju- yeah. i think it's judgment day it is um yes. but yeah that that was kind of the okay yeah like the the best scene rivalry i think is obviously edge uh mm-hmm. randy orton was good the batista one never really got there for me um but yeah i i and i think best scene of moments Honestly, the promo, I guess, battle or whatever he had with Roman Reigns a few years ago when, when Cena came back, um, that, that would kind of be it for me. But I, 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 th- there was a point where I was like an anyone but Cena guy. And if Cena wins, we, we riot and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, we honestly, one of the best Cena moments ever was in um, that, that ECW show. You when know, I like that, that, that is. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Edge Pop, but, man. I watched that in a movie theater and people were like, yes. Oh, man. My my friend, fuck, what match was it? Oh, it was CM. It was against CM Punk. That's my favorite. What the fuck am I doing? That's my favorite John Cena match ever. Is the CM Punk match? My buddy, anniversary went, today. Oh, oh my god, that's right. The pipe bomb. Um, my buddy went to a movie theater in um in Regina and watched that. And I I've been to WrestleMania with him. He is a diehard wrestler, more diehard than me. Um, and he. He, huge CM Punk guy. He and I were texting about CM Punk. We each had CM Punk shirts and the kid behind him, like eight years old, was chanting, let's go Cena the whole time and Punk gets the win and my buddy jumps up and goes, how's John fucking Cena now, you little prick? And sits back down. <laughs> so like, I get like the, the anti-Cena stuff and there are guys who I wish would have got over him, yeah. I guess. But to me, it all flipped when he came back at that Royal Rumble ahead of WrestleMania 24 like oh, eight months sooner than he should have man. from that pec injury after that, that, up. that was great yeah after that you just can't rip the guy anymore his dedication to the sport his dedication to improving was he ever rick flair no. no of course his matches weren't his matches were still really good he got psychology did his punches look like they could like knock down this microphone i'm talking into right now no they didn't, but there, there was an energy to him. There was a psychology to his matches that got you hooked and he improved as it went along. So no, I, I think, I think history will remember John Cena a lot more fondly than we did in the moment. So one of my favorite Cena matches is that Umaga match at the rumble. That is oh, a banger. And cool. Cena had one of the few good matches with the great Kali. Mm-hmm. That's a good call as well. Yeah. Like, Man, that Umaga feud. I wish mm. that that's the one like that. That is it's for different reasons, obviously, but that's my Booker T triple H one where I wish, yeah. I wish Umaga would have got it at that point. That would have been, I think that would have changed a few things. Yeah. For, like uh, you said, Umaga's there's, career. there's worse to Cena. Maybe he should have won. Maybe Umaga should have won that feud. 
the Nexus is the biggest warts SummerSlam. That oh. that was the bad biggest wart. That was probably my biggest hate for Cena as a fan and going to like much like your buddy has a family little kid. We went to the show, I think it was 2010. It was right around that time with Nexus. And the four of us go, and there's a little kid, and he has the armbands and everything. He's like, Daddy, I'm so excited to see John Cena. And then Cena comes out, and he's like, yay. And we're just like, fuck you, Cena, you piece of shit. John Cena yeah. fucking sucks. And by the end of the night, the people are doing the Let's Go Cena scene. He's like, Cena sucks. Cena sucks. Like, we turned yeah. the little guy. Let's go. <laughs> the, the thing that really turned John around, I think, was the U.S. title stuff. I think that mm-hmm. put him on a mark of he's putting young talent over now because the matches he had with Sammy, with KO, with Neville at the time. And yep. Giving those guys a platform. And even like you look at the matches after that that he had, right? I mean, you'd probably give Nak Nakamura his best match on the main roster. That SmackDown match was really, really good that he had. His feud with AJ was unbelievable. Yep. Oh, those two had that was great, great matches. And the buildup for that of Mr. TNA versus Mr. WWE was built up. Uh, and now I kind of look back at those years a lot more fondly with John and just, you know, now you kind of just such a good guy and everything that he's done for charity and make a wish stuff is so great. And I yeah. look at him in great reverence, maybe the way, and you kind of realize there's a way that kids look at him the way that for a period, I looked at Hulk Hogan for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously that's yeah. changed of how I look at Hogan. And when I saw him at the Tampa game, I wanted to spit on the TV. Um, but there's a difference how everything goes. So, and uh Maybe we'll get another 50 Randy Orton matches down the road when Randy <laughs> recovers from his back. Um, but yeah, and it looks like he's going to face Theory at SummerSlam. Uh, be interesting match between those two, especially with what the US title means to Cena. But um, there's a lot of fun memories with that guy. Yeah. Um, I, we just said fun memories. And I'm going to go back to a not fun one because yeah. you brought up the Nexus thing. That was perfect. And everything was going well. And it culminates... Mm-hmm with survivor series and wade barrett loses and john cena has to retire or he gets fired and he yeah. comes back the next week as one yeah. and he just goes eh. that yeah that that i honestly that turned me off wrestling for a little bit i quit watching for a while because i was just yeah. i was so into the nexus storyline and i like wade barrett walked talked and looked like a world heavyweight champion and this was his time and look, if you wanted to do Wade Barrett loses to Randy Orton, all right, John Cena has to go for a little bit. I, there are worse things than having John Cena not on television for a little bit. And that this is maybe your opportunity. Wade Barrett the next night does win. And it's starting this evil thing that is happening that only John Cena can come back and save. And like, you could do this whole big thing, but instead it was, yeah, Wade Barrett's going to lose. He's going to be an intercontinental champion forever. And John Cena's going to come back the next night. It was just a, and also, I do think sometimes a lot of the booing towards John Cena was actually booing toward Vince McMahon, who we have yeah. found out over the last few weeks deserves all of the booing. Yes. Um, We're going to save that for today, but there's a lot. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think a lot of it, some of it was on John Cena because he, he wasn't the technical wrestler that a lot of the hardcore wrestling no. fans wanted him to be. But a lot of it was, we just don't want to see this guy this much. And we just don't want it all the time. And even when, um, even when CM Punk wins, John Cena is in the main event against Johnny Ace or against the yeah. big show or oh, whatever. That shit was bad. That, that's, the, that's the stuff that gets really, really frustrating. And again, it has nothing to do with John Cena. It has everything to do with how they were using John Cena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's And now it's kind of like, now that you get him as a part-timer, it's almost the best. Yeah. We've really got a chance to really have him. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I see what they do in Raw and 
this injury bug. I hope it really leaves professional wrestling because it's really, really becoming a bummer. Shouts to Tony Khan. He was able to take a card that was really doomed and make mm-hmm. it really, really, really special last night. And I can't wait for you to get to watch the show, Peter, because there's some, hopefully not everything was spoiled for you because there's some really fun stuff on there. Yeah, I, I, I have a general understanding of the things that happened, uh, but the, the, I, I'm sure there's a couple of blind spots. Um, and yeah, like the you said, the injury bug has derailed way too many things. The fact that um, the Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, sorry, wasn't able to perform Man, we've on that done one. that with Claudio and Cesaro sometimes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, I haven't officially seen what they call him yet. So I I, I do get to to call him Cesaro at least for one more week, but I'm assuming it's Claudio. Um, We got a pretty good replacement and that they are doing the exact thing with him that I wanted him to do. But the fact that we didn't get Brian Danielson against Zack Sabre Jr. for like 45 minutes just breaks my heart a little bit. Um, I do want to ask of you one thing before we go, because we had Mm -hmm. talked for a while about what we wanted the G1 to look like. Yeah, four blocks. And and it's not that, you know, like the one- the one gaijin that we got was lance archer who we had like four years ago like i i I kept scrolling through because i um i I didn't watch the show live i just okay here are the blocks block a oh lance archer's on there that's eh, a little underwhelming but okay we'll scroll down oh block b there's no one here hey but that's that's only oh so there's more blocks oh okay and just kept scrolling and kept getting my hopes up each time and then they were dashed and it's just like I understand it's a bit different in Japan than it is out here. They are still taking this thing kind of seriously. Um, and it's that they were able to put on a pay-per-view, but I'm sure there's a lot of contractual things. We just talked about the injuries with AEW. They're probably not stoked on having a couple of their guys off TV for a while. So I, I understand all of this, but I feel like New Japan really needs a shot of adrenaline right now. Like, give and Hangman. I thought at least right. Hangman. And I know he's been in it, but like, I mean, yes, I, even Miro, like, yeah, I would have liked to seen Miro or Pac or Black. Like, these are people that you, you've you learned now with your card. CM Punk's not on TV right now. Kenny Omega's not on TV right now. MJF is not on TV right now for whatever that is. But you've learned that you, you know, Britt Baker's missed like the last two weeks of TV, I believe. You, you've learned that people come for the brand of AEW as much as just the stars. Like, you can bring attractions, yeah. but AEW has been able to build on the brand of AEW, where I think WWE is still relying on the name WWE, but also what coming attractions are. AEW can build off the name. And I think Blood and Guts will get a million this week, finally, and the stupid anti-AEW people, for whatever reason you're that, will go away. But for the G1, yeah, I looked at it, I'm like, ah, this kind of sucks. Like, I was looking forward to, and maybe Brian was going to be part of it, and then whatever this is, if it's another concussion or whatever, and I hope he's okay, but Maybe yeah. that got away, but it was a bummer because I was like, oh, you know, like you could have got an O'Reilly or a fish or mm-hmm. something like that to be part of it, right? And like even you, like you just we've sorry, go ahead. Oh, is it even impact like speedball Mike Bailey? I was kind of hoping, but maybe I know he's a lightweight, but maybe like someone like that, you know? Yeah, uh, like you just we, we've talked about it before. So much talent right now is just not being utilized on on the AEW roster like they, they are loaded with talent i get they have a storyline going on here but like having a keith lee and a swerve scott go over there would, would have been uh, amazing or like samoa joe hook. in the g1 would have been phenomenal he's barely Send been on hook. tv for the last one yes hook. hook yeah that would be great oh that would be so good like you have all of this talent that's just not really being utilized right now um, I don't even think, like, I don't watch New Japan Strong. I've heard that I probably should. Um, but I don't even think there's much reference. Tom Lawler, I guess, 
is going over there. I've never really got it with Tom Lawler. Um, But like, there isn't really a whole lot of representation there. And it just, it felt like this was a chance to freshen things up a little bit. And they just didn't. And it it just, it left me feeling very blah after it. Yeah, well, I haven't really watched Japan for two years. Like we've talked about the dark ages Mm -hmm. of the pandemic and evil as champion. When yeah, Evil yeah. became champion, that kind of thing. And I, and to understand, Shibata had a really nice run and whatnot. Um, I don't think he was showcased as well as he should have been yesterday, personally. It's one of my mm-hmm. low spots. But Japan just was kind of was like, oh, I don't really feel like I need to watch it as much anymore. I thought Forbidden Door reawakened that because you saw how good Will is and you saw how good Zack Sabre is. And holy shit, is Okada a star? Holy yes. shit in the States. Like the pop he got when he came out in Dynamite was crazy. And yeah. the one he got this other night, the only, honestly, I think the only bigger pop I've heard this year is Austin to Mania. I, I honestly mm-hmm. think that it's like, it just, that coin dropped, you're like, holy shit. And there's another pop that was really big from last night. And if you haven't seen it, I do not want to spoil it because it was one of my favorite moments of wrestling this year. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I'm hoping that, that this Forbidden Door leads to it. But like you said, then you have this G1, you're excited for the G1, but it's just like, uh, I just kind of wanted... Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, I kind of saw a lot of this last year. Exactly. That's the thing. There's nothing really like that. There's a, a bullet club infighting thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. But like we, we we already did bullet club is fine. You know, um, I don't need to see the Jay White version of that. Like there's just there's nothing right now that I am looking forward to in New Japan. You know, for a bit, it was the the rise of Ibushi. And then I thought they cut that off too soon. And now there's just nothing like even, even like the, the wild, Oh, it would be cool if they gave whatever a try. I, I didn't mind them giving evil a try. I didn't like how they got there and then how they followed it up. Um, I love the evil character right up until the bell rings, like the, yeah, the entrance, yeah. the everything, the look, the snarl, um, everything about it is awesome. And then the bell rings and it's a thousand different cheating things and it's all this stuff and it's annoying. Um, but like, there's just, the, the only thing that would really get me right now is one of the, the junior heavyweights coming in. Like I, I would love a Hiromu run. I would love a he show. Was awesome. Run. Last night, by the way, it was the first mm. time I've seen him. He was great. He really impressed me. Yeah. I would love Taiji Shimori. I, I will bang the drum for that dude all day. Uh, I would love like just some runs from these types of guys. Cause she just, is back. You, you see it. Yeah. Like you, you just, you, you see all of it and it's like, there's nothing there that really gets me going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Tokyo Dome show will be great this year because I think we're going to see something like, I think that's where Brian and Zach will happen is at the Tokyo Dome. So I think we're going to get that. I would assume Kenny, if I, if what I think is going to happen in the G1 happens, I think we may get Kenny there. Mm. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, Yeah. Cause I'm assuming Jay White's going to win and beat Okada. I think, I mean, I can see Will as well. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, where are you leaning right now for the winner of the G1? I'm, I'm between Will and Okada right now. Yeah, I, like, anytime Okada goes into it not holding the championship, Okada feels like he's the favorite, yeah. right? But yeah, I, I feel like they just broke that glass in case of emergency. And I feel like going away from that now, if you were going to go away from that, you were going to do it in the States with, with a win over over Jay White, he can come back to Japan, the conquering hero or whatever. So yeah, I, Will kind of feels like he would be the guy, but right now you have a, a, a heel champion and they don't really have a whole lot on the, the baby face side. So maybe another Shingo win. Um, may, I think just talking it through, I think Shingo would be my pick. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do wonder 
that they're going to do like AW, you had Forbidden Door and we have our talent there and then we're going to send some people to the Tokyo Dome because I don't, is it three nights again? I have no idea. Honestly, I, I don't not. know what they, they have. That on. was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Two nights was fine. Uh, yeah. So I, they have some decisions to make. I mean, like, like, look, Japan, I think AW helped them with everything because the Ibushi thing is a fucking mess and where they are with stardom of being part of it but not kind of part of it and they have to figure that stuff out because stardom may be the best part of japan right now if it is its sister company it might be, is, the, best, they might be the best part of wrestling right now the, the steel be. cage match they just had is unbelievable i i have finally after way too long subscribed to to stardom world and i that this sounds like a commercial i cannot get enough of it um i i will watch stardom 24 7 365 even just their youtube channel is what you get on japanese television out there um and so it's got all the fun production that only japanese television can bring um e even just that i i cannot recommend stardom enough sorry no that's great it sounds like thunder rosa and tony are going to be heading over there and hopefully hopefully soon sasha banks oh man once we get I this can't... all figured out this all this lawyer and shit once that's figured out yeah get ready for the chains to be off oh i can't i cannot wait i and i want the full sasha banks like i i want um like shoot promo i want her to have a podcast with conrad thompson i want to hear the interview that <laughs> the she has statements. with chris jericho yeah yeah the bank statement i want that with conrad thompson only on the ad free network i like i i want every every wrestling whatever i want sasha banks to just do all of it i want her i want her in AEW. i want her to win the knockouts title basically i want her to do what taya valkyrie is doing right now but i also want her in AEW. like taya is collecting belts all over the damn place um yeah. i i want sasha to do all of that go over to japan wrestle everyone go like in ddt and wrestle a bear like i just yes. i want her to do everything well my dream scenario right now peter is that um that but I'm not even going to say who wins the title because maybe you don't know yet that Punk wins at All Out and then Punk will defend that title at the Grand Slam show, which we got announced last night against Eddie Kingston. And that's where mm -hmm. Eddie wins the title in New York at Grand Slam. And then that same night is when Sasha debuts. If everything oh, can man. line up. If that happens, man. Because Eddie winning yeah. the title at the end with the tears coming down in New York. And then you get Sasha or Mercedes Banks or whatever I'm going to call her. Um, that would be just a great night for wrestling. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. I keep thinking um, MJF is going to be the next one to, to win the title. Now, that plan may have changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even him winning in New York, but no, Eddie Kingston winning in New York would be just, oh, it would be incredible. That dude is like the most watchable guy on wrestling right now. He is, oh, he's great. Yeah, I'm worried about him on Wednesday. I'm worried about a lot of people on Wednesday. I'm worried about Mox. Yeah. I'm worried about Renee. I'm always worried about Renee. Yes. Uh, I'm worried about Eddie Kingston and what he's going to do. I don't have to worry about Brian. And I already was, he was probably the top of my chart worrying about Brian. So I'm actually really happy Brian's out of Blood and Guts. So I don't have to yeah. worry about him. Um, and uh, yeah, Blood and Guts is going to be uh, wild. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. You know what I really want from this year in wrestling? And I know that there might be delays on it. I need this AEW video game to come out. Um, like the, the, the WW2K22 video game, it has been really good to play. And oh, I, I've nice. really enjoyed it. 
but I, I need, I need a, a blood and guts mode. I need to be able to wrestle with a proper Kenny Omega. And like, I just, I, I need the AEW video game to Cody's come out. Cody's in the game apparently sure, too. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure, I, I'm sure they're saying to, to Tony Khan, like, Hey, could you hold off signing people for just a minute so no we can have updated rosters here? They have this the is opposite getting... of 2k. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, God, it's hilarious that I can play with William Regal in 2k. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I can't wait. Like just WWE, the situation there, and I know we're not, we're not fully going into it today, but the situation there really soured me on wrestling for a couple of weeks. But then you, you see the buzz coming out of Forbidden Door. You see the buzz coming out of the first ever steel cage match in stardom. I know we, we kind of shit on um, the G1 a little bit, but there's at least excitement around New Japan a little bit. Um, Noah has KG Muto's retirement. I think MLW is perpetually exciting. Yeah. Rick Flair is wrestling for some unknown reason. And hey, and Peter, that- he can just pop his pacemaker back in if it gets unplugged, apparently. Apparently. He has that power. Um, but on that show, like you have Josh Alexander against Jacob Fought too. And yeah. like I just wrestling is awesome right now. And so I, I say this all locally, wrestling's amazing. I was gonna say um, you forgot the big one. We got dungeon wrestling coming up here. Yeah. Like Dungeon Wrestling, that they are the doing whole Hart awesome, family awesome. re. The, the, we're going to have here in Calgary, uh, the Hart family reunited in a way. Uh, the Hart Foundation reunited. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like Martha or Oge or anyone will be affiliated with it. So that's the one missing piece that sucks. But we're going to have Brett, Bulldog Junior, Pillman Junior there. That's pretty yeah. rad. It is. Oh, it's great. Like they. Um, dungeon wrestling is, has really burst onto the scene here. Uh, I know you guys chatted with, um, with Mo a little bit ago, give you a he, shout out, which I appreciate. Um, but like, he, he feels like he is going to be a star. Um, you have Canam wrestling. They're doing their stuff at the back alley. They have a deal with Mexico, which has led to like the best two months of wrestling they've had. RCW keeps bringing in some great talent. Um, you have, uh, love wrestling. I believe they're called out in Edmonton who are doing cool some dads. amazing things. Yeah, cool dads. Yeah, <laughs> the best. Um, I love it. Like I, I'm waiting for now. Now that uh, Boomer's a free agent, I'm waiting for him to do a run in on the next mm-hmm. one. Is, is Boomer the fourth man? Uh, I wonder if that's uh, it was me all along. Right. So it's like there's so much great wrestling everywhere, and so th- this is a message I've said to wrestling fans for forever. But I, I will say it again. If you don't like what's happened with WWE or what they're doing, don't watch it. If for whatever fucking reason you don't like AEW, don't watch it. If you don't like Stardom, what New Japan, any of this stuff, don't watch it. Support what you like. Support what you love because there is a lot of really good wrestling out there and all of it could use your support. The, the problem is with WWE right now is it's nothing. It, like This is probably the best wrestling year I think they've had in a long time. The in-ring has been phenomenal. Some of the character work is the, the Ezekiel thing should not be working. And a lot of it's <laughs> Kevin Owens. But it's yes. and I give I give credit. I don't know the actual guy that plays Ezekiel and, and uh, Elias. Uh, and maybe Elrod tonight. I don't know if that if there is an Elrod, but that guy has killed it with KO. That should that's been going on since Mania. The night after Mania, yeah. we're June 27th, and this is still going, and it's hilarious and it's working. Yeah. The in-ring stuff has been great. Everything outside of it fucking sucks, and it sucks to be around it. And I could not help but watch Forbidden Door last night. And now this other story came out, story that we kind of heard a little bit in the past with this taxi driver and stuff. Again, I don't want to go into it as much. It's been a shitty week outside with politics and stuff this week. And that's why wrestling is a nice escape. But I just couldn't help but watch Forbidden Door. I'm like, I just want Vince gone. I just want the McMahon's gone. 
Nikon Rock, buy this fucking company and let's get Seamus and Seth Rollins and Riddle and all these fucking people and have a forbidden door with everybody and have the super show because I think the rock would be cool with that. And Vince is just this, this Jericho did a pod this week with Alvarez and Lance storm. And he does this record matchup and they were doing the WWF albums. And he just talked about that's the Vince I used to fucking love when he would just do crazy ass shit back in the eighties and the nineties. I've been watching some Tuesday night Titans. Those are so fun and so crazy. And the creator now wouldn't do it. And I just, the restrictions of everything just suck. Not to mention now all the stuff off air with Vince. I just, you know, having to talk about Deshaun Watson, having to talk about Vince the last handful of weeks, having to talk about Roe versus Wade and seeing fucking shitty ass senators say shitty things about women fucking suck. And I just want these people to be gone out of my fucking life and have positive situations going forward. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And so that's why I say like, whatever you support, just support them man. buy the t-shirts, go out. Like if you're at a local wrestling show, buy the 1997 Jack's wrestling uh, figurine for $5, just like, just show them some kind of support, however you can support or however you feel you should be supporting do that because there's a lot of great stuff out there. The monopoly is gone. That's the one. The the monopoly is gone. And I don't think it'll ever come back at this point, you know, because Vince is obviously out the door especially after I think the news today did not help situations. Um, I think he's out the door. I think this is a Nick Khan company. And I think Dwayne Johnson is going to be part of that. And just despite that, you know, AW is growing at a great rate. You mentioned MLW is doing a great job in themselves. Impact Slammiversary was so fun. Oh, oh my God, was it was great. fun. Oh, yeah. I loved that. Like if you're a casual fan, um having like the the dude from the first title match i forget his name even um but it was like that one even for me was a deep cut but but seeing um america's most wanted come out again and some of those things was just uh, i even i even loved the aces and eights call back and that was right around the time i baby deal but yeah deal was great oh that was so good uh so yeah like they're just they're having fun right now and yeah, yeah like you said like just so much good stuff out there the aj message meant a lot Mm-hmm. like the caj beam i, I mean it's disappointing not to see joe or anything and then to see what sting is doing right now <laughs> like there's just like watching forbidden door i'm just like this is so fun i'm still always going to be a, the wwe fan at heart because that's what i grew up with but i think you know you kind of grow up and you kind of get out of that pattern of being like you know that was what i was a fan of but it's evolved to this bigger thing and that's why when you have yeah. the cornets and all these curmudgeon just like Things evolve. We've seen the NBA evolve, right? Like Steph Curry uh-huh. making threes and the way that's growing. The game of hockey, you talked about having the trap at the beginning of this and where that's all gone, where the NFL is going right now, right? Running back, sir, maybe not as important anymore. You want to have a good receiver. Think sports evolve. The uh, Wrestling has evolved. There's a thing where Nick Jackson does all these different flips and then just does a chest slap on, a, on an event, right? Yeah. Like, I love that. Kind of, there, there was a thing I saw in Botchamania the other day, and I fucking love this type of shit where it was an indie event and the guy had a remote and the guy was going up to do a shooting star press and he paused him and the guy went up, got him and they gave him a suplex and the guy still stayed like this. And then he pushed the, pl- the, uh, the, the star button. He's like, Ugh. I was like, I love that type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't, don't put it in the main event of WrestleMania, but there's definitely a place for that kind of stuff. Like what, what is going to be one of the most memorable matches of the year? The jackass match from WrestleMania, yeah. right? Like, that that and just stuff like that like i remember when i went to, to wrestlemania weekend 
it, the, the thing we talk about the most of any match that we saw, and we saw too much wrestling that weekend. I, I found my limit. I didn't think I had one. I found my limit. We watched too much wrestling. And the match that stood out to me was Kota Ibushi wrestled a stuffed animal for 15 minutes. And yep. it was unbelievable. <laughs> um, it, it, like, it was at least a three-star match. You know, mm-hmm. at, at one point I thought that Toucan had him, but uh, Coda was able to come out and he was like, he was taking superplexes off the top. I think he took a Canadian destroyer at one point. Um, it, it was just, oh, it was, it was violent. Um, but it's just like goofy shit like that is so much fun. And there's a, like, I think um, deathmatch wrestling had a real resurgence last year. We haven't seen as much of it this year. I think we're going to see some of it on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. um, but like, like, there, there's something for everyone like you said and there, there's just there, there's so much good stuff out there I, I just i keep coming back to that yeah and it's not to end it but again it comes back to like watch what you want to watch and don't want you want to watch i'm just shit of shitty people i have to deal with it now being a radio at times and you have to deal like the miss marvel stuff i've had to deal with this week fucking sucks mm-hmm. and the, the other stuff that we talked about the rovers weight stuff fucking sucks and just shitty people like if you don't like something Especially, I'm just going to keep it to entertainment instead of the political side. If you don't like something entertainment-wise, don't watch it. I mean, even with Obi-Wan this week, it's like, oh, the writing isn't good. I'm like, Star Wars. Like, the writing was never great in the first place. Just fucking enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, there is so much out there. If you want to watch baking shows for 24 hours a day for the rest of your life, you can do that. You know, like, if you don't, and this, again, not to get political, but it's like, it's the same thing. Like, just vote. Either vote with your vote or vote with your time, vote with your wallet, yeah. vote with whatever. Like that, there's there is so much to pick from. It doesn't just have to be this one thing. It doesn't have to be, well, I'm watching Monday Night Raw because it's Monday night, or I'm watching Dynamite because it's Wednesday night. And that's just what I do. Like that, there's so much out there. And entertainment-wise, it doesn't have to be Obi-Wan. If you don't like something, just don't watch it. You don't have to be shitty about Miss Marvel or whatever. Like it's just yeah. you, you just don't that maybe that's the the, the final synopsis of this whole thing. Just yeah. don't be shitty. Yeah. Thanks, Kyrie. I blame you. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you. We could have had a funner show. <laughs> you ruined it, Kyrie. You ruined it. Yeah. But I got to take yeah. some I got to take some unnecessary shots at Jalen Brunson today. So that's yeah, always I good. Feel good about that. Yeah. So yeah, uh support local wrestling. Uh I think Peter will be at the dungeon show. I'm gonna be at the dungeon show. Uh it's gonna be really, really fun. Uh and get to see a guy like Mojabari prize and that's going to be really cool. So go read Peter's article on the daily hive and check out everything that's going on with that show. It's, I think he said like that got them a lot of attention, by the way, I think that's why they were really Good. excited just because it helped them sell tickets. They said when they saw the article come out that they did see some ticket sales get boosted because of nice. the article. So it's cool to see that. Nice. Kind of stuff. What I was, it, it all worked out perfectly. It was like my first yeah. day and yeah. he just sent the email and was like, Hey, I happen to know a thing or two about this subject. I can take this if you need me to. Yeah. All right. Well, this one wants to get fed. So mm. that's <laughs> kind of my cue to get out of here. But uh, thanks, Peter, for coming on. Next week, we'll have uh, free agency talk about the NHL and the draft, uh, NBA recap. Hopefully, the Blue Jays figure out their pitching situation. And uh, hopefully, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston have some blood left in their body. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is, this, this is going to be a real interesting week to talk about next week. Yeah. All right, everyone. Cheers and enjoy the day, people. All right, that's the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, who are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Talk to you guys later this week. I'm out.